It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. I've thought of a way to make this very simple so you will understand. Would you please give me a spotlight? Do you get what I'm saying now? This is not about you. This is about me being in the spotlight where I deserve to be. Hello, welcome everyone to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm Jeremy Lambert, joined as always by Steven Jensen. Thank you as always to Big Dick Dave Batista, personalized intro yes. for us. Steven Jensen, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Uh, just getting my my uh, Thursday morning started. Always like starting it off talking some uh, some wrestling with you. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. And we're getting uh, getting closer and closer to your wedding, man. Getting excited. Got, got my, my uh, tickets for my, for my flight booked and my Airbnb with Cassidy Haynes booked. And I'm excited, man. Speaking of Cassidy Haynes, he was supposed to be in the creator spotlight this week, but right, he's been bumped right. once again. Righteous Reg is in the creator spotlight. That interview will air about an hour and a half around 11 o'clock. Uh, we talked with Reg, who people should know from Grapsody, uh, and other other spots like the BW500, the PWI500, AEW Music. We talked about all that and plenty more with Righteous Reg. Again, that's going to air about an hour and a half, 11 a.m. for those who are watching live. There is plenty to talk about, Steven Jensen, and we probably only have two shows of this left because you and Cassidy Haynes getting together for my wedding. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid you guys are going to end the world and yourselves, end up in mm-hmm. jail. And you guys are staying oh, no. near us. I'm afraid of all of this. <clears throat> Just, yeah, I don't know how this is gonna go. I was happy when you told me that your uh, where you're staying is close to where our Airbnb is at. That'll be fun. So yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. Because I did I had some days I needed to take off work before the end of the year, anyways. Like like they go away if you don't use them, you know. So like, I'm taking a I'm gonna fly down there Saturday. Um, say there obviously Saturday night, Sunday's your wedding. Then Monday I'm taking that day off and just hanging out in Akron. Tuesday, I'm flying back and then uh, and just hanging out. Wednesday, I'm going to Dave and Buster's with the day off. I haven't been to DMVs in a while. So I'm going to DMVs on Wednesday and then uh, just working Thursday and Friday that week. That week. So I'm, Monday, I'm we're going, Monday, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese. Me, you, the new wife, whoever else is still in town on Monday, we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. I got SpongeBob cards to win. That's how I'm spending my first uh, first full day. As a married man, Chuck E. Cheese, Hell and yeah. wife, and, and all the friends. Paul Driver Finisher says, crash the wedding, Jensen. He's invited. I'm invited. It's yeah, tough. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think it's crashing if you're invited to it. <laughs> I did see that you were gaming at uh, Chuck E. Cheese the other day. Um, unfortunately, it was on that mid-SpongeBob stuff. But like, How I, dare but, you? But Look I, at all these... Look at all these SpongeBob cards I got, Steven Jensen. No, I, I, I mean, listen, I, I respect that you were playing the, the arcade games and, you know... So I I respect the grind. Don't get me wrong, but uh, but yeah. So I, yeah, I'm looking forward. That's already coming up. Like that's not this weekend, but next weekend, right? Yeah, when, it's a week so, from Sunday. Yeah. Ugh, this boy. weekend I'll be at Battle Slam on Sunday. That'll be fun. Nice. So we'll talk about that a little bit on next nice. next spotlight. I'm sure. So good deal. 
Um, guys, leave your super chats, leave humper chats, get your question, comment, statement right on there. We like to be interactive with the chat regardless. But if you leave your super chats, that helps support us, the show, everything we do here at Fightful. So it is much appreciated. We do have a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Let's see which intro I play with AEW this week. Uh, over a million fans uh, and a great number in the demo tuned in. And it was a great show. And I think it's been a run of great shows. My pal Tony Khan, my yeah. close personal friend, the Khan, as Cody likes to call him, was a run of great shows, run of great demo numbers, and it was capped off last night. AEW Grand Slam, Dynamite Grand Slam. John Moxley is once again the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, defeating Brian Danielson in the finals. Jensen, we were both kind of in the Brian Danielson should win this match. Brian Danielson will win this match camp. John Moxley won this match. What are your thoughts on it? So I, you know, I had said leading up to this, I don't have an issue at all with Moxley winning the title again. And I don't like, I think Moxley, I, I tweeted this last night as well. Like I think that Moxley right now, especially with like the elite out and Cody being gone and stuff and Jericho doing the ROH thing currently, Moxley really feels like the like the soul of all elite wrestling. And so I'm fine with him him having the championship. Like I have nothing against him. I, I'm a big Mox fan. Um, but like the story just seemed to write itself with Danielson avenging all of his losses throughout the tournament and everything. And then we've never seen him and MJF. We have seen Mox and MJF before for, for the title, and and you know, MJF <clears throat> lost that one. And I feel like they're kind of trying to maybe redo that with uh with having you know, MJF be the one to beat Mox this this next time. There you go. You got MJF with a poker chip. I mean, he's obviously gonna he's he's waiting to cash that thing in. I, I'm I'm kind of surprised he didn't do it last night, but they have other stuff coming up soon in like New York and stuff. So like I I I think they're gonna <clears throat> slow burn it a little bit more, but I don't think that Moxley will have a very long run. The only the only thing that's kind of a downer about it is AEW kind of like making Mox like the default plan over and over. Like they keep taking the title off of him. And then it's just like, well, the, the better option, whatever, what you, whatever, whatever you would say isn't available anymore. So let's just go back to Moxley. And, and on one hand, I think that's badass. And Moxley can be that guy who that the company can rely on and fall back on. But at the same time, like, you know, they could have, they could have done this with Danielson. They, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways it could have went with this, but, Personally, I don't have an issue with Moxley. The, the one last thing I'll say about it before uh, throwing it back over to you is, <clears throat> you know, I talked about it a lot the last few weeks with uh, with Moxley's match coming up, defending the GCW title against Nick Gage, career versus title. And a big part of our line of thinking on Mox not winning the AEW title again was, well, this frees him up to lose the GCW title because he's probably not going to lose Nick Gage while he's the AEW world champion. Now there's a lot more up in the air with that if Mox keeps that title belt through next month. Uh, or, I mean, the, the the gauge match is in, like, two or three weeks. So, like, um, so, yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces to this. So it leads me to believe Mox will hold the title for a very short amount of time. But if he held, but if he's the champion of AEW going into that gauge match, that makes things even more interesting to me because I feel like Gage really needs to win that match. And Moxley, we're all going to think, is not going to lose if he's AEW champion. So it's kind of lead to kind of like an, an unpredictable um, scenario, which I think could be a lot of fun as a fan. So I don't know. I got a lot of thoughts on it. But like, honestly, most of them are positive. 
I have no issue with John Moxley. I've said it many times on this show and elsewhere. I think Moxley is the guy in wrestling right now. Like everything about him is fully formed, fully complete. I, I've loved his his full body of work since he's he's come back um, the, earlier this year from everything. I do think it was time to put the title on Brian Danielson because, like you said, Moxley, it feels it doesn't feel like progress with Moxley. And that feels weird to say because he is the, I, I do think he is the top guy in AEW. It's like, all right, we just had the interim title reign. He had the belt for two weeks after he beat punk with the, the foot injury. And then he lost the punk. And then it's like, all right, well, let's just put the title back on John Moxley. As I said the other week, wouldn't have had this issue if you just kept the title on John Moxley at all out in the first right. place. And I don't think Moxley is in a position right now where he needs the title. I think his star power is so great right now that he's not a guy who needs that championship title. He can just do, he could do the program with MJF without the title. You can have a good reign for Danielson because it does feel like they're, they're obviously setting up the Moxley and MJF program feels like MJF has to win that. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean another short reign for Moxley? Uh, the Cincinnati show is in a couple of weeks. I imagine he will be the champion going into that. I think it's in a month. I think it's like mid-October. I imagine he'll be the champion going into that show. I think the MJF match is going to happen at full gear. I know and MJF and Tony were, were both asked about this. Like, how does the chip work? Can you cash it in whenever you want? Or does it have to be like at a set date and time? It's like you can do it whenever you want, but Tony Khan has to approve it. So technically, at the end of the show last night, well, I mean, they ran out of time because we didn't even get to see like the, the final stuff with Moxley, Danielson, and William Regal. But technically, MJF, who was shown throughout the entire match, they really wanted to remind you that MJF had this chip. This, right. that, they did the wide shot with the big screen of MJF. I was like, all right, we get it, guys. We get it. He's got the chip. Um, but technically, he could have come down and was like, all right, I'm cashing this in. And Tony Khan would have had to have been like, okay, we have a match. I guess Tony Khan could have just been like, no, I'm not doing this right now. I'm not sanctioning this right now. He's going to have to give the title back like Solo Sokoa did and uh, mm-hmm. with the North American title. Nope, unsanctioned. You're not allowed to do this match. So that's how the chip works. Will we see MJF just be like, all right, full gear. This is when we're doing it. Or will we see him try to do a thing where maybe it's Cincinnati, uh, where I assume Moxley's wrestling on that show. And if he wrestles on that show, I assume he's going to win. Maybe after he wins that, that you want to put heat on MJF, having him come out after Moxley defeats whoever on that show and cash in that chip and beat Moxley for the title. That's a way to put heat on MJF. I could see them going that route if that's what they ultimately decide to do. Um, But I thought Danielson should have won. I thought Danielson should have had a nice reign with the title and MJF does his thing with Moxley in the meantime, you get to Danielson and, and MJF a little bit later on. They didn't go that way. They want Moxley. No issues with John Moxley. He rules. The Gage stuff, you mentioned it, and, and you talked about it previously, is very interesting because it did seem like a foregone conclusion that Gage was going to win, especially if Moxley wasn't the champion because, all right, he can take the loss now. Now he's the champion. Now is he taking that loss? Or is Moxley like, fuck it? Like, who cares? The fans know fans get it this ain't hurting me in the least just let me take this loss whatever it's not a big deal yeah lonnie barker if you pull that super chat up real quick that would actually be interesting 
Um, thank you, Lonnie. It says, uh, I can see MJF costing Mox the GCW title. That'd be cool because that's a callback to MJF bringing in Mox against Jericho. Or sorry, MJF bringing in Engage against Jericho in AEW. Like they have like kind of the link there already. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> that'd be kind of cool. Um, and I'd love to see MJF. So, so the, I, I, you bring up interesting scenarios about Cincinnati also um, that I hadn't considered. Because honestly, for MJF, it'd be better for him to win the title in a city like Cincinnati where he's going to get booed out of the building and then show up in New York the next time as the champion and get just like massive cheers. You know what I mean? Like versus because it feels it feels like a weird moment to me if MJF wins the title in front of fans that love him. And it's this big like celebration because it really should be like the biggest heel in wrestling getting booed out of the building for winning the title. Um have they announced i haven't seen all i saw some of the rampage spoilers i haven't seen all of them so i don't know if you want to throw anything out there or if the chat would get mad but um and i i honestly don't know the answer to this question still but have they i don't know who won the the, the battle royal and don't spoil it in the chat y'all but i don't know who won that and i don't know if they've set the date for that but couldn't they easily make the date for that like the cincinnati show and then yeah, mjf could. could come out after that like after like it's like a it's a tough match and Moss barely gets out of there and then and then MJF like that would all kind of make sense if they did that. Yeah. Hey, so they have announced a bunch of stuff. I I know I have read the spoilers. I will not spoil anything. I don't want anybody in the chat to get mad, but they could certainly say that all right, the the whoever wins this, that's the Cincinnati show or they set up some type of contender for the Cincinnati show. I am very positive that John Moxley will be the champion going into the Cincinnati show and he will defend that title against somebody at the Cincinnati show. I, I can guarantee that. Can you can you just uh, DM me real quick the name of who won that? Uh, just so sure. I know. Yeah, I'll put Thanks. it in the, the private chat. Thanks. Um so but yeah I, I I think all this makes a lot of sense and uh and listen I think most people expected um, Danielson to win. It, it almost seemed like a foregone conclusion that Danielson was going to win. And maybe that's part of the reason they went the route they went, you know? Like, just, you know, we've seen it with Mox a few times where we thought for sure he was going to lose and put someone over and just make someone look good and just, you know, but then he wins, you know? And I thought it was a good match, too, you know? It's, it's, the, the only, the only thing I don't like about this, the only thing, we touched on it a little bit last week, the only thing is, I just, you just never know like what you, you know, with Danielson, I'm not, you know, we just know his history with injuries and stuff and concussions and, you know, having to take time off and all that stuff. And it's like, he's there, he's healthy. You can put the title on him right now. But like, can you say that six months from now? Can you say that a year from now? Like when's his contract come up? Like how long is he going to be there? It sounds like he wants to retire at the end of this contract um, in like a couple of years or whatever. So like, it's just one of those things, right? Like it's right in front of you. You can do it. You can make Danielson the world champion. Hopefully there's still plans to do that. Cause I think he needs to help hold the title at least one time um, and have like a real run with it. And that's part of it too, is like, they got to get the title on MJF pretty soon. It feels like, so like maybe it was best not to have Danielson win the title and have like a short run. Maybe it's better to have Danielson and, and MJF in like a real feud. And he maybe eventually wins the title, like, you know, months down the line or something. I don't know, but that's really my only thing is I love box. I'm fine with him being the champion, but I also want to see Danielson as the AEW champion at some point. And right now they can do it. And who knows, 
like a year from now. You know what I mean? It's just you never know. So sometimes you got to strike while the iron is hot on this stuff. 100%. And the story of Danielson defeating the people who have defeated him in AEW was such a good story. And and it made so much sense. That's why I was kind of convinced myself that Brian Danielson was going to win this title. It didn't happen. It seems like it's going to be delayed for a bit because Moxley has it now. And like you said, MJF seems set up to, to win this title whenever he decides to cash in this chips. And it seems set up that he's going to hold the title for a while as well. Cause I really think they're going to do the take the title to WWE contract expires, like the bargaining chip of the title to get a new contract type of deal. I think they're going to do that storyline. Now, maybe he can lose the title in the middle of next year and then regain it at the end of his run. Or maybe it's a thing where at the end of end of next year, he's not the champion and he ends up winning one of their gimmick ladder matches, battle royals, tournaments, whatever, to get a title shot. And it becomes a thing of like, fuck, we can't have MJF win this title because he hasn't signed a new contract type of thing. Maybe that's the story they tell instead of, MJF is the champion as the year ends and his contract comes to a close. I fully 100% believe though, that MJF is going to be in the title picture in some capacity for the majority of 2024 or 2023. And then definitely at the end of 2023, he's either going to be the champion or going to be right there getting a title shot to tell this story, because this is the story they've told with MJF pretty much his entire AW run of, my contract ends at this point. I'm going wh- whoever pays me the most, and I want that title to use as a bargaining chip. So he's going to be in that title picture this time next year. Do you think this is just speculation, obviously? But do you think that MJF has actually signed a, signed an extension? Like, do you think no. like he really has? You don't think so? Okay, no, I don't think he signed an extension at all. I think he he got paid more. I definitely. I know. I believe that more. for sure. Yeah. I I just don't know if he's like kayfabe and everyone by saying he doesn't have a contract because it helps the story a lot more if we think he doesn't. But. I, I I mean I don't know one way or another I you know I, I I believe either way I would believe that he signed an extension I would also believe that they just paid him more money and didn't make him sign one I'll also say this if I'm MJF I want to test free agency regardless you know what I mean that, like, that's why so. and that's why I don't think he signed extension right because then TV contracts are coming up and yeah. you get that TV money kicking in then you got more money to throw around right about the time MJF's contract is coming up so. That's why I don't think he signed an extension at all. He knows this. He's very, very, very smart. He knows that, yeah, the MTV contracts, you guys are going to make a lot of money. WWE is going to make a lot of money. You're going to have more money to spend. I'll take that money. That new money is better than that old money. So I don't think he signed an extension at all. I think he did get a nice little bonus on what he's already making. I agree. I think, I think that's the case too. Um, I, I just think that even if he had signed an extension, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't say that the company wouldn't say that, you know what I mean? Um, but I also think that he would be smartest too. Um, Cause I think, I think that he honestly was at a, in a position where he was fine with sitting at home, like just sitting home and, and just letting them deal with it and just being a free agent when he was able to be. But um, I think that they honestly probably worked it out kind of the way that it, it, it played out on television, to be honest, like, and, and I, I listened to the MJF interview on the on uh, them Mayor with Ariel Hawani. I really enjoyed it. I'm a big Ariel fan. Um, I got to interview him years back. You know, like he's like one of my he's like one of my inspirations for even getting into podcasting years ago and stuff. And and I really really liked that interview with MJF a lot. And uh, 
and he was talking about that kind of stuff too, you know, like getting more money and not having to sign an extension and all that stuff, but also being interested in the WWE and who pays more money. But it's, I love hearing him in like kind of that in between being like in gimmick and not because there's a lot of truth in what he's saying too. Like, you know, it's just, this kind of the ideal, like, it seems so basic, but Hawani's like, you know, what changed between, you know, you, you going home and the whole like plane ticket story and all that stuff. And right now, and MJF's like money, like just straight up, like it's just <laughs> the money. Like I saw that, I saw what other people were making and I heard backstage other people were making and I just, I felt like I deserved to make more or, or the same as those people. And it's like, that's, that's very reasonable. Like, like he has a legitimate, like there's on one hand, he signed a contract and you should, you should honor that. But on another hand, we see it in MMA all the time where fighters get stuck in these contracts that are like three fight contracts or five fight contracts or whatever. But after like a fight or two, they get like a big win over a big name or something. And now all of a sudden, like their, their value has skyrocketed, but they're still on the old contract. Um, we saw it, we see it with like rookie deals in, in, in football kind of too. That's a little bit structured a bit differently, but the same kind of idea where it's like, okay, the first couple of years, maybe you could deal with making low money, but if you're super valuable and you realize you're more valuable than the people making more, more, way more money than you, it's like, you got to speak up and try to get what, what you're worth. Like, and I, I get that. So, um, but anyway, MJF, I think it's inevitable. I think we all agree. He's the next AEW world champion. It's just a matter of when they do it. But I'm with you. I think that I think it makes a ton of sense for them to have Moxley defend against the winner of the. I saw your message, by the way, and I that's kind of who I figured would probably win. So we got Moxley versus the winner of that uh, that battle royal. I would do that in I would do that in Cincinnati, and then have MJF uh, come out and uh, and and win the title in Cincinnati and get, get booed out of the building. And then the next time they roll into like New York, New Jersey, that that area, like he's a he's a king there with the championship, you know. I do wonder how much uh, that would upset the fan base if that played out where Moxley loses the title in Cincinnati like that. Because Louis Dangor famously uh, said that Hangman Page, after he wins the title, should lose it like two weeks later in his hometown of Virginia. And everyone was like, well, that's a terrible idea. Different circumstances in that that Hangman win was years in the making and to take it off him that quickly would have been very foolish. I think this is different in that Moxley is now a three-time champion. We all kind of suspect he's going to lose the title in short order anyway, but a one month reign with the title after kind of already short reigns, like an interim reign that his first reign wasn't short, but it was in front of nobody. And yeah, I wonder how much that will would upset the fan base. If, that's the direction they end up going where, where MJF won. I, I'm on the, I'm on the belief that it creates more of a good kind of heat than a go away kind Same. of heat. But the issue yeah. is Moxley ain't getting his revenge anytime soon off of that. I don't, I, cause they'd run it back at full gear. I'm just trying to play this out in my head now. Like I imagine they run that back at full gear. MJF retains at full gear. And they, and then you go off from there. You do something else with MJF and Moxley. Maybe after full gear, that man can finally take a fucking vacation that he was supposed to take after all out. That's kind of the scenario I'm playing out in my head, just off off the top of my head. But we will see what happens with with Moxley and the title and MJF and the chip. And I I have some more Danielson theories later on. But before we get to that, our other AW spotlight, Soraya is here. Steven Jensen, she made her big return to wrestling 
last night. Um, Tony Storm successfully defended the interim women's championship. And then after the match, Jamie Hayter stayed with Britt Baker, who got her nose busted open on a just a horrifying looking spot with Athena. It was a cool looking spot as Athena had uh, Britt on her back for a Samoan drop and she was carrying around Deeb and was trying to toss Deeb and do a Samoan drop to Britt and just crushed Britt's face on it. So so bloody Britt returned and uh, Jamie Hayter was still on Britt's side. They were beaten up along with Deeb, beating up Storm and Athena. And then Soraya arrived. Everyone cleared the ring She's back. She has not wrestled since 2017. I kind of thought she was going back to WWE after the Triple H stuff, and he he uh, regained power. She's in AEW, and I don't know this for certain. This is I, I'm not a scoopster, at least not a real one. I'm a fake one. She's wrestling. There's no way she signed and is not wrestling. She's on the roster page with a record. They mentioned how she you know is ready to take care of business. How she they, uh. You know, she's she's ready to, to fight. I don't remember the exact wording Excalibur had, but it alluding to her wrestling, and I don't think she's signing unless she's wrestling. So she's wrestling. I agree because otherwise, I think she would just resign with WWE if they if you know they'd have her just like on television and just like a talent. You know, and there's probably some sort of disconnect there or whatever. Where like WWE probably still. I mean, this is complete speculation, but like WWE probably still won't clear her, and she probably went and found multiple doctors that were like you're totally fine to do this so she's like all right i'm gonna go over here where they're gonna clear me let me wrestle you know like um makes sense and she gets to be uh i mean if she's if she's healthy and she can wrestle on a regular basis this is a huge jolt to the aw women's division like this is huge for them um she's an international star she's one of the most recognizable not just female wrestlers but she's just a super recognizable wrestler just in the world um Sarayas or Soraya. So it's gonna be weird saying that not Paige. I gotta really get used to saying her her other name here, but you know, she got a massive pop. You know, I was in the crowd in uh in New Orleans the night after WrestleMania 30 when she debuted on Raw and she got a massive, massive yeah. pop on that too. And it's like she's always been over with the fans. Um and I mean, I even saw, I don't watch a lot of movies, but I, I watched that, I think it was called Fighting with My Family, the movie yeah. with her and like The Rock, it was in it and stuff um that was a really good movie it was like it was a really good story and it was actually cool because i think i don't know if it was during the outtakes or i remember seeing a couple clips where they had like a young like pete dunn in there and stuff too i thought it was it was a it's a, it's a good movie for people who haven't seen it like it isn't corny or cheesy it's like actually a, like a good movie and really like tells her story and her family's story really well in my opinion um but uh but yeah i i, I think it's great to see soraya back in uh in pro wrestling and, I, and I'm, I'm with you i would I, i'm assuming she's going to be wrestling and it looks like her and Britt Baker will probably be the first like big feud that she has, which makes total sense. That's another one that's like, it's right there in front of you. Why even like screw with this? Right. Like, I mean, you could just do this um, that way. Like there's so many things in AEW that I'm like, ugh, it was like a victim of them waiting too long. And now we're just not going to get it. Like sting versus Cody Rhodes was like a match. I really wanted to see, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to see that like, we're just not going to get CM Punk had like a whole list of people you know, that we wanted to see and probably won't ever see him wrestle again in AEW. I mean, don't know that for sure, but that's my guess. Um, so my point is same, similar to, to like the idea that we have, like just put the title on Danielson while you have the opportunity to same kind of thing with this. Like if you have a list of dream opponents for Paige or for Soraya, 
like let's just, let's just do them right like let's not wait like a year or two i mean you can slow play some stuff but like if brit baker versus versus Soraya is right there in front of you which we'll is do that and it's going to get a lot of attention it's going to be a great match going to be a great story a lot of people are going to buzz about it and uh and then it puts Paige right back in the mix like if she if she wins that match she's automatically probably like in line for the women's championship or close to that and she has history with a lot of these women too like being former WWE wrestlers and stuff also so like she already has chemistry with a lot of these people. She has friendships with a lot of these people. Um, I think it's going to be a great fit for her in all elite wrestling. And um, I was happy to see it. And, and honestly, I, um, shout out to my buddy, Michael Hughes, who I watch um, AEW with on Wednesdays. He comes over to, to watch the shows. And before she even came out, he recognized the music. And he was like, this is Paige's boyfriend's band. And I was like, how the hell do you know uh, that? <laughs> like, you know, and he was like, he's like, this is Paige's boyfriend band. Like, this is going to be Paige. And I was like, dude, good call. Like I would have never, like, I, I, I figured Paige might be coming in. Cause there was a lot of like speculation about that, but like, Sean he knew all right posted the- gifts of, of right. her. So people just assume, Oh, it's coming. Exactly. So, but Hey, Tony Khan was posting uh, gifs of uh captain insano. We didn't see him. Well, at least not last night. I don't know if he showed up on rampage. I legitimately don't know, but like, um, but yeah, so, uh, but yeah, and shout out to Hughes. He was like, literally like one note into that song. He's like, this has got to be Paige. This is her boyfriend's band. And I was like, how the hell did you know that? man? that's pretty cool. So anyway, good, good for her. Good for her debut. Be great at the hurdle. Your pal. There. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic when it comes to her. And that that's on multiple levels. The first level is her wrestling. If she's cleared, if she's good, if the doctors say she's good, then I, I will believe that. I will buy it. We've seen people cut. Christian has returned. Edge has returned. Danielson. Plenty of people have returned from these kind of injuries. And they've done well. Like There's been other injuries that they've unfortunately suffered throughout the time, but nothing with the Danielson has had another concussion, but edges injury was what, like the triceps. I think Christian was also like a bicep injury. Like they, they were suffering like arm and shoulder injuries, not more, more neck related head related injuries. So same, same with Sting. Sting has been good. He's returned and he hasn't suffered any type of head and neck injury. So I'm cautiously optimistic when it comes to her wrestling. I, I trust the wrestlers that they know their bodies. I trust the doctors that they know what they're doing and they're not going to throw them out there and leave them out there to get injured any worse or anything like that. So I'm optimistic on that end that she is good to go wrestling and she's not going to suffer any type of injury that isn't just an injury that can occur to literally anybody at this point. Um, I'm also cautiously optimistic in that she's the game changer that the women's division needs because how many times have we tried to talk ourselves into, Oh, Ruby Soho's here. That that's who now the women's division is going to be cooking. Athena's mm-hmm. here. Now we're going to be cooking. Tony sword. Now it's cooking. And it's been kind of the same stuff. It's been, all right, we've got our two titles. Those are the programs we're doing. The, the joke, the nine thirty joke, you get your one women's match not really anything else there. I think Jade's run has kind of died down a little bit. I mean, no offense to Diamante. Hey, love seeing Trina, the baddest bitch. Love seeing <laughs> her on random, TV. Yeah. Fabulous was on there last night. DJ Who Kid. Like, great. I love all these early 2000s callbacks to, to me being in middle school, uh, listening to these mixtapes and everything. Like, I, that's fine. But Diamante 
hasn't wrestled on Dynamite or she's never wrestled on Rampage. I don't think she's been on Dynamite for like two years. I'm glad she's won a bunch of matches on Dark. Like 11 out of her last 13. She's actually like lost her last two singles matches. So mm-hmm. even though it's 11 out of her mm-hmm. last 13, she's actually coming off a loss. Uh, like that's who Jade Cargill is facing now. Jade ain't really doing much outside of just beating people we know she's going to beat. I'd like to see more with that title reign. Thunder Rosa says she's hurt. And so I understand she's out of the picture right now. Tony Storm, interim champion. You just did a fatal four-way match after you did a four-way match at the pay-per-view. Like, we still need more with the women's division. And we've heard it so many times of, oh, this is the person who is going to change the women's division. And it hasn't happened. Is it going to be Paige, Soraya? I don't know. I'd like to think so because she she is someone who is a well-rounded wrestler. Can I think, I would assume can still go in the ring in some capacity. It's been almost five years now and it might be five years. This was 2017 when she last wrestled. So I don't know what she looks like in the ring. Microphone work, she's still very great. She's obviously very popular. So you would hope that that's the boost the women's division needs to do something else. I don't know if it is though, because I've just seen this story too much and it, I've been let down by this story of this is it. Here we go. And then nothing changes. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand what you're, what you're saying with all that. And uh, personally speaking, I think this is bigger than, than like Ruby in some, no, oh, I think so too. Ruby, but like, you know, and especially as we haven't seen Paige wrestle in so many years, like there's going to be the intrigue of seeing her back in the ring after so long and stuff. Um, when it comes to the injuries, I'm obviously no doctor. I'm no expert on brain injury and that kind of stuff. But like the one thing that makes me at kind of at ease when it comes to, you know, like the Soraya or Danielson, you know, edge and that kind of stuff is one thing we have to just keep in mind is like Danielson. Here's a really good example this guy did so much work and so much like cryogenic therapy and so much, like he did all of these like new age technology, these like super advanced things with, with doctor's approval and doctor supervision and doctor help to where like, he's been monitored so closely that like they can prove his brain is in good condition. Like, I don't know where my brain's at. Most wrestlers don't know where they're, I mean, they, I'm sure they get like physicals and that kind of stuff. But like, you know what I mean? Like, we know for a fact, like a doctor could literally sit down and be like, this is the state and the condition of Brian Danielson's uh, brain. This is the state and condition of Edge's neck. This is, And it's actually like, there's proof of like, they're in good shape. Like they're allowed to do this because they're in good shape. And there's a lot of people running around out there with completely undiagnosed stuff because they, oh, they don't have doctors monitoring them that closely. But I just wanted to throw that out there too. Like, obviously they're being monitored because of previous injury and that's scary. But like, at the same time, these are like legitimate doctors that like there there's no real benefit in like a, in a collection of doctors clearing a wrestler when like they know if that something happens to that wrestler their their practice is is you know what i mean at at stake because they're the ones signing off on it so like they have to be pretty damn confident too that they're going to be okay doing this to, to sign off on it because their own reputation and careers on the line so like i uh I just want to throw that out there too. For anyone who's like concerned about page wrestling again, I understand the concern, but also understand like doctors have, there's probably been multiple doctors that have all corroborated and have all agreed and are looking at proof of like, she's okay to do this. You know what I mean? So I just want to, I just want to make that clear too. This isn't like a, a situation of just 
someone saying they feel good enough to do it and they just let them go do it. Like there's actual doctor proof and monitoring showing that they're, they're capable of doing this physically, you know? So we will see when it comes to Soraya, I imagine we will see her wrestling by the end of the year. I think full gear is probably, she's going to have a match there. If, if it's not full gear, then winter is coming in December. I, I could see that being her, her big match, but I'm very confident she will, she will be in the ring. Let's move on. WWE, Steven Jensen. You want to be a professional wrestler or do you want to be a WWE superstar? WWE superstar sounds a whole lot better to me than being a professional wrestler. I should probably update that. I mean, it's um, a good clip, though. I mean, it's true it every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should still probably update it. One guy who is a WWE superstar who uh, I got a feeling you, you absolutely love this match, which pops me. Mm. Roman mm. Reigns, Logan Paul, WWE Crown Jewel. Jensen, tell the dorks out there why they are just complete fools. I had to put Will Washington and, and Kate Elizabeth in their place on oh. Tuesday because they're like, oh, this, this match is so wrong. What about the tradition? They, you know, up the uphold oh. the great tradition of WWE crown jewel. Oh, I, I had to put them in their place, Steven Jensen, because they're idiots. They're ah. fools. And they don't understand <laughs> big business like Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. Let them know, Steven Jensen. Yeah, listen, I mean, I'm not going to, it's just, they're just not hype beast enough. You know, they just don't get it. Um, Logan. Um, it's everyday bro with a Disney channel flow. You know what I'm saying? Um, I didn't think that was Jake, but you know, same difference, you know? Um, this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer. He hears things differently to the untrained ear. Everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Maverick. I'm a maverick. You know, buy that merch. Buy that merch. All I want for Christmas is that Jake Paul shirt. All I want for Christmas is that Jake Paul merch. So, like, that's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. It's all about getting YouTube views and social media engagements. It has nothing to do with wrestling. You guys understand that, right? It's like, this is, this is a, this is just like, cause a ton of people are going to pay attention to this. Um, listen, it's crown jewel. That's kind of like its own. Yes. It's canon to like what the WWE is in their stories and stuff, but it's also somewhat their own thing. You know, like it's kind of it's like, like that's where we saw like Kane Velasquez fight Brock, fight Brock Lesnar and stuff. You know what I mean? People, we see like Tyson Fury compete. Everyone just kind of forgets about that. You know, like it's, Listen, I don't know how many matches they have for Logan. I don't know how, how available he is. Um, the dude is mega famous. He's a, in incredible shape. He has at least the credibility. So here's the thing. He boxed Floyd Mayweather. I understand. I watched it. I'm a very big mixed martial arts and, and boxing fan. It's combat sports. I follow this stuff very closely. I understand. It was not a real contest. Like, like Floyd played with his food out there. It wasn't like Logan had him in any trouble. It was not a competitive boxing match, but most of the WWE audience doesn't know that. And to most of them, all they're hearing is this guy boxed Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? So like that right there, I think is part of the sell for this is like, he's boxed Floyd. 
We've seen him beat The Miz. We've seen him wrestle in the ring. His podcast is huge, impulsive, you know, millions of views and, and downloads and listens. Um, that alone, I think, was worth the WWE partnership, by the way. Just getting WWE wrestlers onto Impulsive on a regular basis helps the brand, in my opinion, big time, especially with like that demographic they really want, of, like the kind of like the, the teenage age through like the 18 to 39 and stuff. Um, so honestly, I think it's smart that they're doing it because like it's not like Logan's going to be win the title. If Logan beat if, if Logan was the one to beat Reigns after all this, there, there'd be a problem there. But, like, I just don't see that happening. It's really more about how they book this. Like, is this going to be some sort of no DQ type situation where they can do, like, a lot of shortcuts? Maybe Jake comes out and tries to help Logan. Those kind of things. If this was a real fight, by the way, and this this is not the same as me going after CM Punk. I want to preface this. Totally different thing. I think Logan Paul, if he fought Roman Reigns, like, Logan Paul would probably actually beat Roman Reigns in, like, an actual fight. I don't know. It might be close. Jake, I think, would, like, destroy Roman in an actual fight. And the reason that I bring this up is because there's somewhat of a credibility there knowing these guys have actually fought people. Like, you know what I mean? There's something there. It isn't like they're just social media people that have no athleticism, that have no combat sports background. Um, they were both like state champion level, um, like high school wrestlers and stuff. Like they, they have some athletic background and we both got to admit, right. Even if you don't like Logan Paul, he's looked impressive in the WWE ring so far. Like the matches he's had, he's looked good. So like, I have no problem with him going out there as long as it's not something where he's like kicking out of like five spears and like fighting out of the guillotine choke and all this stuff. Like, you know, if he maybe kicks out of one spear, but like the rest of it, he's pretty much getting his ass kicked, gets a little bit of offense in here or there, but it's mainly like 90, 10 Roman or like 80, 20 Roman. I have no problem with this at all. It's a spectacle. It's It's all meant to get people talking about it, which is exactly what we're doing. And what's the harm in having a big celebrity match for the title as long as Roman retains? And uh, and once again, it's another one of those do it while you have it. You probably don't know how long you have Logan. You probably don't know how many matches he can do like per year and stuff. And it's right there in front of you. Like just, just do him and Roman while people are talking about it. They built the feud on Impulsive. They'll continue to build it going up to the show. Paul Heyman's right on the microphone and they're, you know, I... I have no problem with this. As long as Logan doesn't leave as the champion from Crown Jewel, I have no problem with this at all, personally. Fuck it. Put a, put the belt on him. He'll defend it as much as Roman does at this point. Um, I don't have an issue with it. I think it's... I've defended it in a kayfabe sense of Logan Paul's undefeated. He won at SummerSlam. He beat The Miz at SummerSlam. And it's a big money fight if you're going to look at it from a, a box office perspective. Strike while the iron's hot on this. The other point of it is like, who else is there? You want right. Karrion Cross in this position? And people are like, oh, what about Braun Strowman? You're gonna just going to beat Braun coming back? You're just going to beat Cross? I'm sure people are fine beating these people, but I think Triple H wants to protect some of these people. Right. Like, who else is there? Seth Rollins. I mean, he's he's still feuding with, with Riddle right now. I they haven't really built anybody to where it's like, yeah, sure. Give this person the match. They could easily heat somebody up. Crown Jewel is not till like November, I think. So they could easily heat somebody up to that point, but just book a big match. And it is a big match. And like you said, you don't know how long Logan Paul's around. I know it's signed like a multi multi-match deal and everything. You're going to waste this match at like WrestleMania. Nobody wants to see Roman and Logan do this at like WrestleMania exactly. survivor series. Like you, you want, you want those to be like 
all right, an actual title defense with a story for Roman Reigns. Everybody admits that Crown Jewel is just like non-canon stuff. Just do your dumb shit and, and get it out of the way. So it's tough for me to I guess, sympathize with fans. Who are like, why are you doing Logan versus Roman at Crown Jewel when these are the same people who are like, yeah, Crown Jewel doesn't matter. Do whatever you want. You're just appealing to the Saudi king and all this stuff. It, it seems hypocritical to me. Do Roman and Logan have fun with it. It'll it'll get people talking because like you said, Impulsive, that, that channel has like 4 million subscribers, which does, may not seem a lot on the whole. I think 4 million is plenty, but it has 4 million subscribers and all of their shows do like 2 million views. And that's They're just like, his podcast. That's not like his own YouTube channel or any of his other social media. I mean, right. we're talking like probably like a hundred million subscribers like across all platforms. You know what I mean? So, it, the, but there, my my point on that is four million subscribers, two million views. That's a very good hit ratio of how many people are watching by comparison. So to to throw some more numbers out there, WWE is like ninety million subscribers on YouTube. And most of their videos don't even crack a million views. Right. So again, the, the the people who subscribe to that channel typically watch those videos. Whereas WWE is just like, oh, we'll subscribe, but we ain't actually like watching the these videos out there. So like it's a it's a fun little match. They'll put plenty into it. Roman is great. He was great at that press conference. Paul Heyman will build it up great. Uh Logan Paul's done a good job. It's gonna it's gonna be fine. Quit worrying about this stuff. Let them do their, let them do their silly little celebrity matches. This is the shit that sells, Jensen. You know it. Like, yeah. you talk about these celebrity boxing and YouTube boxing stuff all the time. That who who fought? Uh, Adrian Peterson and what's his name? Adrian Peterson Le'Veon just got Bell. knocked out. Yeah, yeah. He, he just Le'Veon got knocked, Bell knocked him out. Yeah, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Jake Paul, and Anderson Silva is the most hype I've been for any boxing match, and I can't tell you when. I'm I'm extremely excited for that. Um, Brutality says has the ratings gone up for Logan's matches or is this in vain? I mean, he's had two matches. It was at Mania and SummerSlam. It's tough to say. Like, have they gone up? Has his television appearance ratings gone up? I don't think so. Um, I'd have to look at the quarters and all of that. I they're not so concerned about the television stuff. They want YouTube views, and there's just different ways to consume all of this stuff now. And now again, they're against football, but. I, I think right. SmackDown ratings have done well uh, with Logan on the show this past week, and it's going to be built on SmackDown. So we will see if Logan is continue to be on SmackDown, if there is increased entrance and if the ratings do go up on there. I think the next few weeks with that will we'll kind of tell the story of like how much Logan means in a television perspective. But again, you it's it's narrow to just look at this from a television perspective when they're also looking at youtube tiktok twitter all these other metrics to determine how much interest there is and those are the metrics i think they're the most concerned about when it comes to someone like logan because the majority of his fan base are cord cutters you know what i mean so like most of them probably aren't watching cable to begin with so like they're consuming it through a digital means or watching clips like you said off other social media so um yeah and like when it comes to crown jewel like you said before like i mean Shawn Michaels pretends like he never even came back for that match. Like Braun Strowman won that green title belt that we never saw again. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, it is kind of its own thing. Um, so in honest, it probably would. Don't, sorry, don't get me wrong. Ha- 
I was just okay. saying real quick, probably what happened, because we know they like they give like a list to the WWE, like they had like Yokozuna on it originally and <laughs> stuff like that. Like they probably just gave them a list and was like, Logan Paul's the most famous guy you have based on everything we have. Like we want to have, have the title match. It could have been as simple as that. It could have just been like Saudi being like, here's a ton of money. We want your most famous wrestler to fight Roman. You know what I yeah. mean? It could be that simple. Don't get me wrong. Do I think they should make these shows part of canon and like actually like they the first time they did ran one of these saudi shows they're like it's wrestlemania part two like bigger than wrestlemania type of thing like so do i think they should actually treat this like it is a major pay-per-view kind of like they did with like clash the castle like they treated that like it was a real big uh pay-per-view real big event and everything played out on television and they culminated stories they started new stories and all this stuff do i think they should do that with these saudi shows absolutely that that's what these premium live events are for, but they don't people accept that they don't. And so I have a tough time complaining when stuff like this happens. Now, if they should, in my mind, they should, they just don't. And so I'm not going to complain about it that they don't when everybody else has just accepted that, well, this is how they're going to do it. So, okay, if this is how they're going to do it, then Logan Paul, Roman Reigns, let's fucking go. Yeah. Dude, some of these shows have been so funny. Like, I remember the first one when they did that, the Greatest Royal Rumble. And, like, they're just thinking about the Yokozuna thing. Like, how they how they had, like, that random, like, sumo wrestler come out. Yeah. And, like, they tried to, like, kind of, they didn't call him Yokozuna, but, like, they were kind of, like, implying that's who the fans thought it was and stuff. And, like, that was, uh, they had some, like, judo guy, like, some Olympic judo guy come out and stuff. Like, it was just so random. Um. Speaking Mansoor of, I was winning Mansoor. all the time. On yeah, he would win all the big matches, yeah. all, but only there. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know if I brought this up on last week's show or not. This is a little off off topic, but just one thing I really wanted to touch just really quickly. Sami Zayn in the Bloodline. Um, oh, since we're talking a little Roman. Oh, he's great in there. Like I, I honestly like. I'm a little disappointed that I didn't follow the story closer kind of week to week to up to this point. But like, I really like where it's at right now. I've had, I've got some feedback about this recently and people are saying I'm like right on the money about this. So I just want to extend it to this audience. If you grew up around our age and you saw the movie surf ninjas, <laughs> like he is the Rob Schneider character from surf ninjas. Like that is the gimmick. Like I, I am convinced they, they, they are fans of that movie and they're like, let's do this because it's literally Rob Schneider who back then he's like this, he's like this redhead kid who thinks he's a part of like the family lineage, like the heritage of like the, who's the princes and who's going to be the King of Pachusan, this, this, this whole, this whole Island. And he's delusional thinking that like, he's actually the prince and he's a part of this family. And it's actually all about him. And Sami Zayn's doing the same thing with the bloodline where like, he's trying to be a part of the bloodline, like trying to get in with Roman Reigns. And like, I just think it's so funny. Cause like they look similar and it's like the, it's like the same story. So I just want to throw that out there too. That's a real throwback to like eighties and nineties kids. But like when I see Sami Zayn of the bloodline, all I can think about is Rob Schneider and, uh, in surf ninjas, like trying to, trying to get in on, on that family. So um Sir. let me know if, if, if let me know if i'm right if, if y'all if y'all know this movie in the chat let, let me know if you get the reference on this mark mark cyrus is, is popping for the surf thank ninjas. you mark. surf ninjas you, is a 90 minute ad for the game gear and it works hell yeah to perfection <laughs> yeah the youngest brother could predict like 
he could he could like play out real life scenarios on his game gear so like he yeah. could fight enemies on his game gear when like people were actually fighting around him and stuff one two dude Let's that's go. a that's a great movie that's a good reference i i buy it i buy that that his whole character is based off Robert <laughs> Schneider and certain ninjas. Somebody who interviews Sami Zayn, please ask this. Uh, my WWE spotlight this week, Jensen, is the White Rabbit stuff. So yeah. they started playing White Rabbit by by Jefferson Airplane at like live events, and people picked up on it and were posting it on social media of like, "Hey, this is interesting. What's this for?" And then they they kept then they did it like during commercial breaks or like SmackDown and Raw. And then on this past Raw, they had the QR code behind Austin Theory. And when you scan that, it takes you to this video where it's like a, a little White Rabbit Hangman game. It teases 923 at 923. 923 would be tomorrow, Friday, which is the same night as SmackDown. 923 at night would be when SmackDown is airing. And then at 923 on Raw, the QR code popped up again, a fan holding up the sign. Uh, everyone seems to be leaning towards it being Bray Wyatt. And I'm leaning that way as well, despite my joke that it's T-Bar because you can't spell White Rabbit without T-Bar. Just a repackaged gimmick. Facts, uh, facts. Yeah, so. I like that. I like, and I do think it's Bray Wyatt. I People people know I'm a sort of ironic fan of Bray Wyatt. Um, it is 923 on, in certain uh, areas of the country. Um, I, like, I'm a sort of ironic fan of Bray Wyatt. I like what he does. I find, I find his stuff like so over the top and wacky that it pops me. What I'm most interested in, though, is like the way they are doing this is very different and very intriguing to me. Instead of just doing like, all right, do a bunch of vignettes, do, you know, or just hints or teases like on the show or whatever. This started as just a viral thing of we're going to play this at a live event and we're just going to trust that people are going to be like, hey, what are they doing this for? And then it just picked up steam from there it's different and it's very cool and i credit wwe and whoever came up with this for the way they've gone about with this marketing i agree 100 i think it's very very smart and i hope they do more stuff along this line um you know like you said it's different than a vignette it's similar in some ways to like um like years ago before jericho returned to wwe and they were doing the whole like the answer is the code the code is the answer save us y2j like all that kind of stuff um, it was similar to this, but that was like actually like on television. And you would just see like, like during like commercial breaks or like during random parts of the show, you just get like, but it was similar in in that sense of like, you're trying to like decode who's, who this is about and like what this, what the message is and all that stuff. Um, and I like it. I like that they're doing this pretty much entirely via like social media. And they're really smart to do the QR code thing because like, you know, um, Cause I didn't know that any of this was going on until I saw on So on like Twitter, I think on Monday, everyone was talking about it and they were all posting pictures of this guy holding this giant QR code in the, in the crowd. And at first I was like, Oh, it's probably just some guy trying to like sell something or like advertise something. And then I was like, Oh, they're actually using this for a story. And they go, it leads to a video and there's other videos and this little white rabbit and people are talking about it and stuff. And I was like, this is, this is smart, you know, and, and it's, it's intriguing. And I know that at 923 on Friday, I'm probably going to be tuned into SmackDown. I, I rarely ever watch SmackDown, um, but I'll, I, I'm interested to see what this is. And I like that they've called the date and time. It's like 923 on 923. So like they should pop a good rating there because everyone knows exactly when to tune in. Um, and I'm with you. I think it's probably Bray Wyatt as well. Um, at this point, I think people would be disappointed if it wasn't him because everyone's kind of assuming it is. 
Um, I don't think it's carrying across because I don't know why you would debut him and then like do all this after you would just do this to re-debut yeah. him, you know? Um, there's other people, I guess it could be, uh, or maybe a group, uh, but you know, I, cause the, the other thing with Bray Wyatt is I feel like they're kind of doing a similar thing with, uh, with Joe Gacy right now, you know, and maybe they are there. Maybe he's with them. That'd be kind of cool. Like if he was actually leading those guys, um, but there's a lot of options here and I'm, I'm with, I'm with most other people. I think that, uh, I think it makes more sense that this would be Bray Wyatt and, and Bray Wyatt being the, uh, the out of the box, you know, creative guy that he is, I could see him coming up with an idea like this where he's like, you know, he wants to do something totally different for his return. Just like he wants to do something totally different every time he re-debuts and he's got like a different gimmick and a different character and different ideas. And, um, we hear it all the time. People talking about how Bray Wyatt almost to a detriment, he's so creative that like, sometimes he's like too creative where it's like, dude, this is these are great ideas, but how do you expect us to actually do this? Like, like, but this sounds kind of like him. Like maybe he came up with this great idea over this last year that he was out. And it's like, now we're getting to see it, you know, on TV. Um, I don't know who else it would be. You know what I mean? It could be someone totally different that I'm not thinking about, but I'm with everyone else right now thinking it's probably Bray Wyatt, which is good. It's good. It'll be good to see him back. I'm, I'm pretty convinced it's Bray Wyatt. Um, Kai says maybe, maybe a Bray Wyatt stable, certainly a possibility. I've seen sure. people brought, bring that up as well. The thing with Bray is, I mean, Triple H has said that, and, and you, you just mentioned it of like, he has so many ideas that you have to like rein him in a little bit. I made the joke. You got to put him back in his box, like structure uh, sometimes, <laughs> but I, I don't think it's going to be like fully the fiend. I don't even know if he wants to go back to like a full on stable type of thing but i could certainly see where, where that happens i know alexa has wanted to do something different with her character there's still like ties there so maybe he he gets alexa back on board with something and that because alexa people picked up on like her mentioning oh like you're 10 foot tall which is a line from the song uh she said this on on, on the promo on raw and, and that's a line from the white rabbit song so may, people are thinking that oh, Alexa might be part of this group. Or I don't think anybody has said that this is a big old gimmick change for Alexa Bliss. I don't think that is what it is. Um, but that's a possibility. Yeah, I, I joke about the T-bar thing because I could see it just being like this big gimmick change for somebody who you just who's not really utilized. Joe Gacy, I've seen people mention that theory of like, oh, this is like how his group is going to debut. Cross is the other big one. Like you said, I'm not buying that just because why bring him back and do all the things you've done and then like do this whole thing for him as well. Like you're reintroducing him when you just reintroduced him a month ago. So I'm not, I'm not fully buying cross either though. There are certainly the elements there. Everyone knows the white rabbit stuff from Lucha underground. The little hourglass thing was part of that video. Yeah. I'd be pretty surprised if it's not Bray. At this point, because they've this is one of those things almost like punk where like it seems like they've said enough without saying it outright when it comes to Bray. And we know Bray loves the the little Easter eggs and all this stuff. And people have like pieced together. Well, he tweeted this on this day and the, the font is like this font that he used to use. And he said this in this promo, which is linked to this. Like people completely have linked this together with Bray, the people who are deep into the, the Bray Wyatt lore and everything. I would be pretty surprised if it's not Bray Wyatt. And I might even be a little bit disappointed if it's not Bray Wyatt, because I want to see this, this, the genius of Bray Wyatt 
back in the WWE without Vince McMahon holding him down. We will see. Yeah, like you said, 923 on Friday SmackDown. I think people are definitely going to be tuning in to see, hey, what's what's going on here? What's happening here? And we'll see if it is Bray Wyatt or not. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I'm hoping that he doesn't come back as the Fiend because I feel like that kind of like, they kind of ruined that with like the way that he yeah. was booked. Um, but maybe I, I saw someone throw out the idea on Twitter of uh, they'd have to do it right without it, without making it goofy. But like the idea of maybe all of the Firefly Funhouse characters oh, are that. are like real or real. Yeah, I was like, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't necessarily do that. But I'm just I'm saying I could see him having a similar group to that, though, where it's like him, Alexa, Carrying Cross, Dexter Loomis, like something. You know what I mean? I could see like a new group of like Wyatt followers potentially. Um, but I don't necessarily want to see them try to like make mercy, the buzzard transform into extra Loomis or something like that. Like that would be too goofy. I think so. <laughs> if you're going to go goofy, lean into it. Like I do want to see if they want to transform all these characters into real people. I want to see like the animation where they've got the puppet and then it just animates and it comes Looks to, like a power ranger, it. like power Rangers yeah. type graphics where it's like a color in front of them and they like <laughs> fade into exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. That's how dude. that. All right. So they need their little morphin things. And then they morph into, they can just turn into the puppets whenever they want. Um, who is, uh, Mercy the buzzard. Yeah. There we go. Uh, the, 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 uh, the South Park episode where, the, where corn turns into different type of corn. Yes. Uh, this is what we need. They just turn back into the puppets whenever they want. And yes, very Power Rangers style where they, they're sweet little gimmicks there. I got Power Rangers stuff all over the place. Just oh, ready to I go, dude. I 100% believe that. Uh, look at this. I got one up there. Got a got a White Ranger sword right up there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, Power Rangers. Fucking anyway, nice. yeah. What anyway, show. Yeah, what a great yeah, show. That, that's that's 1990s all day. Let's go. Move on to the, our other spotlight. Our product is what it is. We're going straight up the middle. Chris Jericho is the Ring of Honor World Champion. <laughs> You're pumped for this. Oh, I love it. The goat. Imagine thinking that Chris Jericho ain't the fucking goat, right? <laughs> I don't think that because it's Brian Danielson. I know. I literally said it because you always tweet that. I know. But I... yeah, but I, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll enter this one. So Chris Jericho is now an eight time world champion. He's held, I mean, if I can even get all these right, because it's been such a long list. I mean, he's been the WWE champion. He's been the world heavyweight champion. He's been the you know, undisputed champion. He's been the ring of honor world champion now the AEW world champion he was technically the wcw champion even though it was like when the wwe had it the dude's got a long list i mean that's not even talking about all the other titles like now he's got like i mean he's been the iwgp ic champion before maybe he needs that world championship at some point too i'd be totally down for it um obviously look i'm a big chris jericho mark he's um outside of cody who i'm a giant fan of for like personal reasons as well like Jericho has been my guy since like the mid nineties. Like he's my favorite wrestler ever. I think he's still wrestling at a really, really high level. And I thought his match with Claudio was really good last night. I mean, like he's been, he's been having good matches, good stories. And if ring of honor is looking for a TV deal, what better person to have that title on, you know, like for like for executives to look at that and be like, Oh, I know who Chris Jericho is like, he's the guy who's the face of this. Like, oh, okay. Like I, like I didn't, and you can you can you have the proof too of like Jericho joined AEW when it started, got a lot of buzz for that company. Maybe you can do the same for Ring of Honor, getting a TV deal and stuff. 
Um, I personally, I love it. Listen, I like Claudio. I have no, I would have had no issue with him retaining there. And I do feel like he did. He did get done a little dirty, like really short run after beating Gresham's Gresham for the title after his long reign and stuff. But I mean, this is just cool as hell to me. Like Chris Jericho won another world title. I never in my life thought I'd be able to say Chris Jericho is the ring of honor world champion. And now we're probably going to see him on these ring of honor shows, which is going to help people tune into those shows and also, it advances the story of the Jericho Appreciation Society, where now Jericho is the Ring of Honor champion, Daniel Garcia is the pure champion. So, like, now the entertainers are getting the, the wrestling titles and stuff. I, I like this all the way around. So, I'm, I'm all for Chris Jericho as the Ring of Honor world champion, personally. What about you, Jeremy? I'm sure a lot of people disagree, but, like, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I was stunned that Jericho won. I didn't really think there was a chance. He was going to win because, you know, when you think of Ring of Honor, Chris Jericho at 51, however however old he is at this Mm -hmm. point, just didn't strike me as being. I guess they did Christopher Daniels. He got his, uh, who was it? Jerry Lynn. Didn't Jerry Lynn, they they put the ROH title on him to basically play off like the wrestler. uh, 100%. Yeah. Um, So I guess they, they did do that. But you just don't think of Jericho, especially when he's doing the sports entertainment gimmick you don't think of him as the, the ring of honor champion. That's why I didn't think of him as the ring of honor champion going into the match. But as I tweeted, and as a lot of people have said, TV deal looked nice when Chris Jericho is like, Hey, look who our champion is. I mean, he helped AEW get, get this TV deal. There's no denying that Tony Khan has said it a bunch of times. Chris Jericho has said it a bunch of times, like having Chris Jericho, who is still a very well-known name, who still has a lot of crossover, uh, especially with, with Fozzie and everything it looks good to Warner brothers of like Chris Jericho's our champion. He's going to be on our shows. We can build around him, build up from him uh, and then go from there. So I think that played a big part in it. It is funny that a lot of people said, Oh, well, Claudio is, he had to take the title because they couldn't do a TV deal with Gresham. That's why they wanted Claudio as the champion. Now it's like, okay, well, Claudio's not a big enough name. Now we're just going straight to the top and going with Jericho. Jericho's got to be, the big name here. Like I get it. And if it leads to a TV deal, it's tough to say that this was the, the wrong call with everything. Uh, you, you're right in that. Like it advances multiple stories with the, the Jericho appreciation society and everything with Garcia. I don't have like a, a full on issue with it because ring of honor, as we kind of grew up on gone a long time ago, especially yeah. during like the pandemic era and everything like that. But even nowadays, the like this ring of honor is it's just AEW, right? Like everybody right. who has a ring of honor title is all signed to AEW. They're all on AEW television until ring of honor does establish itself as a separate company. And they need a TV deal to do that. Or there's just gotta be some type of split on TV that Tony Khan is not doing right now. It's just AEW, and it's just an AEW title masquerading or it's an ROH title masquerading as an AEW title. That's all it is to me. So, Chris Jericho, in my mind, has just won the sixth most important title in AEW. Something like that. That's how I'm looking at it. And once they get a TV deal, if they get a TV deal, I'm sure Jericho will have a big part of that. Then, and it starts separating itself as a company. Hey, here's ROH. Hey, here's AEW. Then we can talk a little bit more about like, oh, is Jericho the right guy for this? Because then I don't think he would be. But for right now, he's just, it's, he's an AEW champion in my mind. 
when it's kind of similar to what I, I, I talked about just a second ago with, you know, Jericho, when Jericho won the WCW world title, it was when the WWE had already purchased the company. And that was like, that was real strange. That was when like the rock was winning the WCW title and stuff. And it was just like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and this feels kind of similar in a way. Um, you know, regardless of the TV deal stuff, I think, you know, whenever ROH runs another pay-per-view, obviously it's going to do, I think, better than normal because people are going to be interested to see Jericho defend the title on, like, an ROH pay-per-view, especially if they have the right opponent. Um, I mean, they could do, like, Jericho and Danielson again for that title or something, or, you know, there's there's a lot of options. You could have Jericho wrestle, like, an indie guy he's never wrestled before in his career or something, too. I mean, there's a lot of options with him having that title. Um, and, yeah, I... I I mean, once again, I have no, I, I mean, Jericho, it's just, it's, it's just cool. It just adds to the legacy of Chris Jericho, in my opinion. And I think it'll help um, make a case for ring of honors future. I think, I think ring of honor will have a brighter future because of Chris Jericho holding the title, because I think it opens up more doors to better TV deal possibilities or to more exposure for the brand or more pay-per-view buys or whatever it is. Um, once again, this is nothing against Claudio at all. Like I, I'm a big Claudio fan. I think he's fantastic, but if you had both of them right next to each other and you took just a hundred random people, whether they're wrestling fans or not, way more people are going to know who Chris Jericho is than Claudio. And that's just, and I think that's just re- really what it boiled down to when it came to this on top of Jericho can still go in the ring. He's still a compelling, compelling character. Like I, you know what I mean? It isn't like, it's just like some random guy who has name value. It's a guy who has name value. Who's also performing at a really high level still. And has always been good in the ring and like, kind of makes sense for the ring of honor style for what it is in my opinion so like um and he can constantly change his style too it's like one day he's kind of like the lionheart guy who's kind of more in ring base another time he's you know the pain maker who's a little more like hardcore based somewhat or you have you know the rock star jericho the champion and all this all these different kind of versions of chris jericho the current kind of lionheart jericho he's reverted back to is in my opinion is is, is perfect for something like this so um i like it you mentioned Danielson, and I think that is where this kind of ultimately goes as well. And maybe this is for the next ROH pay-per-view. Maybe this is uh, when they do get a TV deal. But I think we're going to get Jericho Danielson for the ROH title in some capacity as well. And I do wonder what the original plan was had everything stayed the course. Because I don't think Daniel, obviously Danielson was not in the title picture. I do wonder if maybe Danielson was supposed to be ROH champion. I know it's Blackpool Combat Club, but I I wonder if that was going to be their way to kind of just put the title on somebody who they saw as a bigger star than Claudio. And again, it's not a knock on Claudio. Because Claudio was the replacement for Danielson in the match to begin with to win the title. Right. Because they're supposed to be Danielson and Gresham. That's right. That's a really good point. It probably was supposed to be Danielson the whole time. So I, I do wonder what, what the plan kind of was fully fully originally there. And you know, we'll never know. Not only not only the, the Danielson Gresham stuff, which which uh I don't know if that was, was fully the plan, those two. We just know that Claudio was supposed to debut in some capacity at the ROH pay-per-view. Um and I don't know what that the original plan there was. I, I'm talking more of like Claudio, I'm ta- talking more of Danielson. He was in the finals of the, the tournament, right. the AEW title tournament, and that wasn't going to be the case had everything kind of stayed the course with, with Punk and, and MJF and everything. So where was Danielson going to go? And I do think that maybe Danielson getting into the ROH title mix, even though Claudio was the champion, may have been 
the the plan there. But we won't know. What we do know right now is Chris Jericho is the ROH champion, and we will we will go from there. Um, my other spotlight, Stephen Jensen, Mia Yim is wrestling at Impact Victory Road, and she is in an X Division. It's a revolver match where the winner gets an X Division uh, title match. I'd have her win this match. I'd have her defeat. Let me, let me pull up the, the competitors here. So it's a triple threat revolver. Winner challenges for the X Division title at Bow for Glory. Mia Yim, Kenny King, Black Taurus, uh, Yuya Yamura, Alex Zane, Trey Miguel, Laredo Kid, Frankie Kazarian. I don't think she's going to win. Have her win. Do Speedball and Mia Yim at Bow for Glory. That's what I want to see. Where are you at on this, Jensen? I like the idea of that. I mean, and if any company is going to do something like that, it would be impact. Um, we talk about that all the time. That's something that I, I actually praise impact for quite a bit is like, I think they're the, be- I think impact is the best platform, the biggest platform with the most eyes and the most talent that does like, that does like consistent in your gender wrestling. You see it on the indies a lot, obviously, but like you don't really, you don't see it in WWE, AEW. Um, so like, it's totally, it's totally, it's totally reasonable. And, everything that Mia Yim would potentially win this match and get an X division title shot. We've seen Jordan Grace in the X division uh, multiple times as well and stuff. Obviously Tessa Blanchard was their world champion. I mean like they're, so I, I think that Mia definitely has as, as much of a chance as anyone in this one. Um, if it was me personally, I'd probably go Alex Zane um, just because he hasn't really, like we've seen Trey with that title and we haven't seen Alex do a whole lot with that. Um, and he's just a really, really unique performer. I'm, I'm a big fan of Alex Zane. I'm a big fan of everyone in this match. But I'll also say this. Mia Yim, I think, is doing the best work of her career right now. Um, like, she's really killing it. And I, th- I, I can't remember what the last pay-per-view was where she uh, she had a match. Oh, who was it against? It was really good. It was, like, maybe the best match on the whole. It might have been her and Jordan. I yeah, I think, I think it was her and Jordan. Was it her and Jordan? It was really good. I remember doing the review for, with, uh, I think I did it with Denise. And we, we were, I was like, that might have been the best match, and it was because that was on the same show as Josh Alexander um, versus Alex Shelley, and that match was incredible. But I remember even coming off that show being like, I, I, I really think that Jordan Grace and, and Mia Yim was like way up there, like it really was. Um, so yeah, no, I'm with you though. Like, if they want to do Mia Yim having you know winning this thing, and then have Mia Yim and uh, Speedball for the title at Bound for Glory. I have no problem with the whatsoever. Um, Cause once again, Mia Yim has totally proven herself. Like she can go in the ring with anyone. doesn't matter the gender she's uh, and she's doing the best work of her career. So why not? Why not her? I mean, she, I think she has just as much of a, a reason to be in that mix as anyone else in the match. I would ever win one because I think speedball and Mia Yim is an awesome match too. Yeah. Because on top of that, I'm pretty sure Mia, I'm pretty sure her contract is up at at bound for glory or after bound for glory i don't think she she signed like a six-month deal and i'm pretty sure that's up around uh the time for bound for glory so just like like we say just kind of do cool shit until then put mia in this position to where she wins this match with, with all the men and then challenges for the x division title and has this dope match against speedball because i don't know how long she's sticking around impact i you know, AEW is always looking to to add talent. Mia Yim would be a good get for the women's division. 
Triple H, we know how much he's invests in the women's division. Mia Yim, as Mia Yim, and not as Reckoning, or I think she was Reckoning as Retribution. Yeah. Like, like that—that's a good get for that women's division. So I could Wayne see him in AEW too, though. Too like that's a you know yeah that could help that, her that, in there too. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think awesome. it'd be, yeah. I think if Mia Yim wanted to go to AEW, she obviously she could easily walk right in there and. I think people were a little bit stunned that she wasn't there in the first place, but I also think she wants to do her own thing. And, but regardless, I think when her impact deal expires, she will have her options between those two, if that's what she chooses to do. So if that's the case, you know, do a dope match between Mia Yim and Speedwell Mike Bailey, like go out, go out and do that and, and show that you are invested in the women beyond uh, beyond the division, which they've done, which to Impact's credit, they've they've always done a good job of doing, but continue to do that. Yeah, and and here's the thing: once again, like you just said, Impact is doing a good job of that, in my opinion. Like, because like also on that same show, you have Maxi Impaler, who is I'm very bad about nowadays getting all these things right, but I, who I believe is non-binary. I always call Max Bay, and I think that's the correct. Um, but Max is wrestling Jordan Grace. Um, who's the um, the knockouts champion and Masha Slamovich is like next in line for that title. All three of them could potentially be the, the world champion and impact in my opinion. Once again, gender doesn't matter in this company at all. In my opinion, like if you're talented, you wrestle other talented wrestlers and you can win any of their titles. Like I think Jordan Grace, I think like Masha Slamovich in particular, I think Masha Slamovich should eventually be the world champion of Impact. Like she's so good. People, people that watch Impact don't even understand how good she is. Like if, if you can see glimpses of it on Impact and they've they pushed her, but like if you watch her catalog of like the stuff she's in on the indies, especially if you want to look at like GCW, uh, a lot of the stuff she does across the IWTV platforms, and most of it against men. Like she is so good. Um, so like they have right there Max, Jordan, Masha, and um Mia right there. Four people that aren't that aren't male that it could all potentially, I think, be the the world champion or the X Division champion or whatever an impact. Like they could be any champion of any gender, in my opinion. Um, so I um I think that's awesome for impact. Once again, it that that's what makes it a true alternative in my opinion to a lot of these companies is like does impact get the same kind of buzz as an AEW or WWE no um does it get the same like big buzz like new japan does for like wrestle kingdom and that kind of stuff no it doesn't but like if you want to see really talented wrestlers some of the best collection of female talent in the world and a a company that's not going to put any limits on the gender at all and just have just talented wrestlers or talented wrestlers for any championship Impact, I think, is the best company that does stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I definitely want to give credit where, where they deserve it. Like, um, you know, and I think Bound for Glory, they'll get a lot of buzz. That's a big show for them. Uh, obviously, that's uh, that's in like a few weeks. So this is kind of like the prelude to that. And, uh, and yeah, so to so kind of put a bow on this, I think Mia Yim, once again, has just as much of a chance of winning as anyone else does uh, to get a shot at the exhibition title. And I think her and Speedball would be great. I think we're all assuming that Speedball is going to retain over Delirious on the show. I don't think, yeah. you know, but assuming Speedball retains, I could see Mia Yim versus Mike Bailey being awesome. But at the same time, I could see Alex Zane or Black Taurus or Trey Miguel or any of these guys against uh, Mike Bailey being awesome. So like, um, but yeah, uh, to, for this particular spotlight, I, I will say like, congratulations to Mia Yim. I, I think that, 
I think she's doing the best work of her career. I can't, I can't stress it enough. And I think she's raising her value. And if she wants to leave impact uh, when her contract's up, she's going to get a good deal, either going back to WWE or going over to AEW. So um, she's, she's in a very good position right now. They ain't putting that fucking title on Delirious. I'm going to give a big motherfucking shout out. Andy Spotlight, Steven Jensen, Malachi Black. He wrestled at uh, Prestige Perseverance this past weekend against Kid Bandit. And he picked up the victory. And then after the match is when he cut his promo saying, like, I'll explain everything. I got to reset, recalibrate, I believe is the word he continued to use. And he's like, it's not goodbye. It's just... Or it's not see you forever. It's goodbye for now. Then he put out a statement, uh, kind of explaining everything. Don't really want to get too much into that. Want to mainly focus on his match against Kid Bandit, which could be his last match for for a little while. And you know he felt because he did after AW All Out, he did cancel a, a Northeast wrestling wrestling appearance, and people were like, "Oh, okay, what's going on?" He did keep this match with Kid Bandit, which was previously announced. And it was a big match. It was on IWTV for Prestige, which is one of the, the top promotions uh, on the independent scene. I thought it was a good match. And if you've never seen Kid Bandit before, uh, they held their own against against Malachi. Malachi, it's a shame we are losing him uh, for, for the in-ring stuff. I've never been a fan about like the character, House of Black stuff, not my cup of tea. In-ring, this guy's tremendous. And it's a shame we're going to be losing him for a while or, because... Yeah, watch this match with Kid Bandit if, if you have not. Yeah, yeah. And for people who don't know about Kid Bandit, you know, they uh they're nightmare factory trained. Um, a lot of a lot of really good people that I, I respect a lot have have said really great things about Bandit and like kind of their attitude and uh and just how, how hard they work and, and the progress they've made. A uh, very, very over, by the way. Everywhere I've seen Kid Bandit wrestle on the indie scene, they get very, very over. Um Malachi. Yeah, same. I mean, without getting too into all of it, and I know I got to wrap up soon to go to my shoot job, but like, um, I just hope he does whatever's best for him. You know what I mean? Like, I'm that's at the end of the day, that's really my main message when it comes to Malachi is whether it's you know needing to leave AEW or take a break or whether he's got personal stuff going on or physical or a mixture of both, whatever it is. Like, it's not really any of our business, and I just hope he gets whatever help he needs or like whatever time off he needs or you know, just whatever's best for him. Like, I, I don't like people have, like sticking to the grind and like making their problems worse just because they're afraid to like take some time off and, you know, get the help they need or the rest they need or whatever. So like, um, yeah, I mean, my thoughts are with, with Malachi. I, he seems like a great dude. Um, I can't speak too much on this yet, but he, he actually recorded a cameo for somebody I know um, nice. be- be- before the news came out that he was leaving. And I can't talk a lot about it yet. Um, but he said a lot of stuff that is kind of out there now. It's not really saying stuff that's like, but he seemed like a really good guy. He really did. And he seemed very genuinely interested in this person he was recording this for. And he was speaking from the heart and talking a lot about just like, you know, kind of his future being uncertain, but like he, he seemed like such a genuinely nice human being in this message. And I was like, you know what? Like this, there's a lot more to this guy than what meets the eye. I think. Um, I think there's a lot going on up here. Like you can tell by his like wrestling gimmick, that he's very creative, but I think there's a lot going on in his mind that like we just, you know, so I just, I, 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 once again, at the end of the day, I just hope he, he does what's best for him. Like, I'm not one of these people that's like, screw Malachi Black. He's, he's leaving AEW. He's got five years left on his deal. I don't care. Like I want him to do what's best for him. AEW is going to be fine. WWE is going to be fine. All these companies are going to be fine. 
Um, we want Malachi to be fine too and go somewhere he's going to be happy or, or perform somewhere or work somewhere he's going to be happy. So it's at the end of the day, that's all I want for the guy. Like I want him to be healthy and happy. Like, you know what I mean? So, Yeah, on a personal level, hope everything is good with Malachi Black. Take as much time as you need to to, to get away from everything. Come back whenever, wherever you, you feel is best for you. On a wrestling level, go check out the match with, with Kid Bandit. I, I credit Malachi that he kept this booking, that he still wanted to do the match. I think it speaks to the respect he has for, for Kid Bandit as well. And I thought it was a, a good a good match too. So go check it out. Show uh prestige wrestling some love. IWTV, use the code fight talk. Uh, use code fight Jensen. talk, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Um Thanks. Jensen, your Andy Spotlight cut Margera defeating Alex Cologne for the TNT Extreme Division Championship. Yes, I wanted to bring this up today, um, mainly just to get some names out there. So, like Clint Margera, um, really big over in the UK and the deathmatch scene, Alex Cologne. Uh, one of the most recognizable deathmatch wrestlers in the United States and therefore across the world. He goes all over the place and, and just does just some of the craziest deathmatch stuff I've ever seen in my life. Um, Clint Margera defeated Cologne to win the TNT Extreme Division Championship over the weekend. And I wanted to mainly bring this up because, you know, TNT and GCW put on three really good shows this past weekend. Um, they had the TNT versus GCW. They had a GCW standalone and they had a TNT standalone. Um and also, um, Lee, Lee McCater, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. The guy that runs progress, he also runs uh, TNT and, uh, he actually hit me up during the weekend and was like, man, thanks for, uh, for tw- throwing some tweets out there for TNT. Cause like, we're really trying to, you know, they're kind of being like the GCW of the UK over there and, uh, and they're doing really good things and they have a lot of talent. I saw a lot of talent on the show that I'd never really seen before. Maybe just heard about a little bit. I was like, damn, there's still a lot of people out there that like, once they come over to the States, they're going to get, they're going to blow up huge that people just don't even realize are out there yet. So I want to give a shout out to TNT um, Extreme Wrestling. I mean, like they, they, in all, in all honesty, I came out of this weekend feeling like the UK has its own GCW and we have like our US GCW. And when those two companies mix, it's going to be great. And like Joe Lando, for instance, who we're supposed to be getting on the show soon, um, you know, he's a fixture over there in TNT and stuff. And, uh, you know, he's been doing crossover with GCW and I think we're going to see a lot more of that, uh, a lot of those UK talents coming into the, in, into the States and stuff and more GCW wrestlers going to the UK. GCW wrestlers are about to go into Japan. They're doing a, a Japan show soon. So, um, I really wanted just to spotlight the idea that like just how international some of this stuff has really gotten and like the, the joint promotion, promotional stuff that's been going on has been really cool too. So, Shout out to TNT and GCW for some really good shows and shout out to Clint Margera because also they're setting up um, the over the weekend after Margera had won the TNT stream title, there was like a, a, a six man match over the weekend. And if I remember correctly, John Wayne Murdoch pinned um, Margera during that match. So I'm assuming we'll probably get a big John Wayne Murdoch versus Clint Margera death match at some point soon, either in the States or in the UK. Um, so that's something to keep your eye out too if you're a deathmatch fan. Uh, TNT and GCW did a lot of good stuff this past weekend, doing some like co-promotion. Uh, they 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 held the one show together, and then they had the GCW versus TNT show as well, and then the GCW show in Liverpool featured some some TNT talent. So yeah, that was I'm pretty sure it was a big bundle on Fight TV. All the was, events yeah. were, were on Fight. So yeah, go go check out those stuff. And like you said. Joe Lando, we're hopefully getting him on the show pretty soon. I know you talked to him a few weeks ago at GCW when he was in the U.S. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that interview when we talk to him. He seems awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, he's the man. For people who haven't seen him, he's he's the future. Like, there's a lot of guys like that in the UK, though, which is wild. There, there's probably like five or so people I saw over the weekend that I knew like nothing about that I'm like, oh, these people are going to be massive if they ever get to the States. Like, massive. Um, and young, like talents that are like teenage to like early 20s that are going to be, ooh, there's so much talent out there. It's, it's, it's exciting as a wrestling fan. Um, I got to go clock in for the shoot job. Um, y'all can follow me on Twitter at fighttalk underscore F I G H T T L K underscore. Use code fight talk and independent wrestling.tv. Listen to the fightful select weekender podcast every Sunday on fightfulselect.com. And, uh, make sure to hit the like button and subscribe right here on the spotlight, uh, for the fightful main YouTube channel. Enjoy the interview with me, Jeremy and righteous Reg. I think you're going to really enjoy it. And I will see y'all later on. Thank you, Steven Jensen. Jensen will be back next week. We'll have a brand new show next week, but before we get to next week, there we go. There's my day after dynamite look. Before we get to next week, we do have Righteous Reg in our creator spotlight. If you don't know Righteous Reg, uh, he is what's wrong with you, first off. Um, he is the curator of the, the Black Wrestling's 500, which started as the 250 a few years ago. That landed him at PWI, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, helping out with PWI 500 and just doing feature articles and interviews for them. I assume he's best known to this audience for Grapsody, which is every Saturday at noon with Will Washington and Phil Lindsay. Um, and also he does AEW music. So we get into all of that with Reg. We talk about lists. I reveal my beef that I've had with Righteous Reg for a very long time, a longstanding beef that he had no idea about until I brought it up on this show. Reg, great guy. Everyone go support him. And we talked to Reg for about 45 minutes or so. Oh, yes. We did we did talk about we did talk about the CM Punk stuff as well. That came at the very end. Oh yeah. Great interview with Reg. Go support him. Go support Grapsody if you haven't. Hopefully you learn more about Reg that you, you maybe didn't know before this interview. So we're gonna go ahead over to the creator spotlight with Righteous Reg of Grapsody. Welcome back, everyone, to the spotlight here on Fightful.com. I'm still Jeremy Lambert. That is still Steven Jensen. And below us, a man you know here from Fightful, Grapsody, every Saturday at noon Eastern with Will Washington, Phil Lindsay, and the great Righteous Reg, a media legend, the man who made CM Punk cry, PWI 500, Black Wrestling's 500, Righteous Reg is in the building. How you doing? Oh, my God. I'm very excited, Jeremy and Steven. Thanks for having me on the show. It's been this last week was insane. All kind of stuff was going on. I finally recovered from the hangover of all these lists being released and all these people being so upset about these things that they all, all year say they do not care about. I do not care. Do not care. As soon as it comes out, they care so much. It's amazing. It I love it. Isn't it funny how how it seems like the people who who say they care the least about stuff really just like talk about it more than everybody else? Yes, I'm like, <laughs> if you didn't care about it, you would say zero words. That's the way to not make mention of it. But I mean, paragraphs and stories and all this. That's it. Seems like you care a lot. <laughs> I love I love when you put out the the Black Wrestling's 500. Is first off, that's just incredible work, start to finish, doing mm. that. And I, I want to get into that here in a second. But like, you put it out, and then your next tweet is like, trying to pay too much attention to the numbers. Just like appreciate that there mm. there are five hundred great black wrestlers out there, and like appreciate the work, learn something new about these guys. Like, you know, appreciate all of that. Don't get caught up in the numbers. And of course, all anybody wants to talk about is the numbers. They don't give a, they don't no care about anything else. No one listens to me and the wrestlers tell me, no, shut up. That you, what you're saying is not true. They're numbers. <laughs> and I, I'm like, I'm saying they don't matter. And they're like, no, shut up. I'm like, 
okay, whatever you say, have at it. But yeah, people obsess over the numbers. And I'm just like, try to put one person putting together a list of 500, like really like how much of a ranking could it really be? Just one opinion is what I really get to. So like, if you want to, this year just got to, if you want to celebrate your number, that's awesome. But in reality, I mean, it's just like a great list to celebrate a, an immersed amount of talent over like, I was number three, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you want to, great. But you probably shouldn't is what I'm really saying. Well, also, like, whether it's the the Black Wrestlers 500 or it's the, the PWI 500, once you get to a certain number, let's be honest, like, it's just cool you're on the list at that point, right? Like, I mean, yeah. there's, there's such a little difference between so many of those numbers to me that it's like, really it's just like we're thinking of you we wanted you on the list like and this is just kind of a general idea of kind of where you rank amongst like everybody but like and then if you're not on the list like it's not at the end of the world either because no, it's not like, either it's way just, right like there's there's great wrestlers that i see not on either list sometimes and it's like but no big deal they're still great wrestlers that you does know? not mean that just because you're not on the list does not mean you're a great wrestler does not mean you're this and it be, does it not mean those 500 people are better than you that's not anything that i'm saying in the world this is just the pwi is ranked there is blah 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 all this that goes into it but my list is just like here's a celebration number one is just as good as number 500 is to me if you want to say it's not then that's you and your own personal insecurities and things but to me number one is just as important as number 350 is as number 220 is as number 445 is they're all like relative to what's great about the list the PWI one, the, be, me putting out the BW500 before made the PWI fun because I got to be like, well, that's a celebration. This isn't a celebration. I mean, it's supposed to be a celebration also, but people are making it not a celebration. It's about tribalism. It's about all these <laughs> other things. And it, it just felt a lot more fun of people just being like, I can't believe Jay White was at number six. What are you doing to me? Like everyone takes it so personally. And I'm like, I know that Jay White's your favorite wrestler, random dude, but it's not personal <laughs> against you on the internet. I promise. <laughs> you want to know it's really just, I'm sorry, Jerry, I don't mean to cut you off. This is the last thing before we got a lot of questions about this, but th this is, this just reminded me to bring this up. I think mm. it's really ironic that of all people, of all people in the world, y'all get this where I'm going with this. MJF of all people is the one who's like praising the list, right? Like the exactly. one guy who you think would be like totally Except like Okada. screw yeah. everybody who who's ahead of me. I'm number one, blah blah. He's like, no, like this is a pretty pretty good list. You know he what said I mean? they so. they did a pretty good job. I like what they did. <laughs> yeah, he had like no, totally just praise from the jump. He released a tweet praising it, like it's been like, no, you guys, they they worked really hard on the list, and we're like. Max of all people saying this, what the <laughs> hell's going on, man? Some because something's going on at, here. Listen to MJF. <laughs> at the end of the day, like we're ranking a subjective and predetermined sport, right? Like, it, yeah, it's not. It's not like MMA or any other sport where it's like, all right, there's tangible evidence. This guy has championships that that you know they actually won. This guy mm -hmm. uh, has scoring records and everything. The the winners are predetermined. Anybody can book like be booked like anybody else. Anybody. And what you enjoy in the ring or on the mic or whatever it might be is what you enjoy. It's all mm -hmm. completely subjective. And that's why I I don't get caught up in the numbers. Like, all right, cool. Roman's number exactly. one based on 
their criteria. Awesome. The best thing I, that 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 we say is like, if it was based off who's the best every year, Brian Danielson would be number one. This would be the That's most right. boring list ever. It'd be twenty <laughs> years of Brian Danielson won again. You guys, big surprise. No one's surprised. So like, if there's some other factors that go into it. It gives people, uh, uh, other people a chance because this would just be the Brian Danielson 500 if that was what it was. So, I mean, you know, that's what it should be, honestly. Every time I start, I'm like, hey, Brian Danielson number one. Even on, (laughs) like, this year there was no, Roman was like, it it was, it's been in the running. It's been in the workings. Like, how are you going to deny that reign? Every, like, the PWI 500 list is about what he did. It's hard to be like, oh, no, Roman didn't do it. But I still went in being like, hey, Brian Danielson was really out here <laughs> having a great time, you guys. Don't forget. <laughs> well, you know, the, the the main controversy that I noticed was the John Moxley ranking. Moxley, It was yeah. the big not in the top 10 ranking. But then PWI mm-hmm. came out and, like, pretty quick said something along the lines of, like, based on our criteria, which is our criteria. Like, he didn't have as many matches because of, like, exactly, like, because of when the rankings actually are based off of. And I thought that was a reasonable explanation. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, personally, do I think he was one of the top 10 wrestlers in the world? Yes. But I also think that, like, like Cody probably could have ranked higher as well if he, you know, was wrestling more often. MJF is a false subject to that, too. Like, he just doesn't wrestle as often, so Mm -hmm. it's it's harder to rank him higher than some people that, you know, are on that level, but, you know, working all the time. But, was was a uh, I guess did you want to speak at all on the Moxley ranking specifically because that's the one that I really felt like was the most controversial to people on social media. Yeah, I think uh, what it comes down to is there's always going to be at least one wrestler that is in this position. There's always going to be one wrestler that we should have ranked higher. There's always going to be one wrestler that just falls under this like, damn, maybe we really we should have probably focused a little bit harder on it. Um, Moxley's been number Moxley was the number one wrestler. Uh, he's been on the cover of PWI. Like it's not like it's lost him. It's not like he he is the perfect example of why these rankings are really like whatever. Moxley was the number one wrestler in the whole world for the whole year. If you really get down to what he did in different promotions and different big matches, like he's the guy. Like it's hard to deny he was the number one wrestler. He didn't rank number one, but that doesn't mean he was number one. Oh, he wasn't number one in PWI, so he didn't have amazing matches in main events, and he wasn't in New Japan, and he didn't bleed all over the country because the list said he didn't. Like, no, it's still he's. If you think Moxley's number one, then he is. That this right, list exactly. doesn't change that. That's all that it really comes down to. That's a great answer. Great answer. I want to talk about the the Black Wrestling's 500. Yeah, and it was. You can correct me on, on my my information here. We have started in 2019, 19, started at yeah. 250, mm-hmm. and then expanded to 500. What like? How did this idea come about? It is mm-hmm. basically my question. Is like, yeah, what made you think like, all right, I'm gonna do this list. I'm gonna sit down, put all this into it, and just start this list. It all was from the PWI 500 in 2019. That I think Seth Rollins was on the cover. I hadn't looked at a 500 in a couple years. You know, when we were younger, like, it was a big deal. We used to go to yeah. the store, buy PWI. We used to be, like, a thing. And then for a while, I don't want to say it fell off, but it just kind of, like, magazines fell off yeah that's all it was there wasn't a really a print media or whatever nothing really happened and then it kind of started coming back and people started kind of craving like a a print and different aesthetics of things and there's some art stuff like that so pwi was coming back into prominence and so when that list came out it was a popular thing but i had already been being into the black wrestlers thing i had the black uh 
Black Wrestling's podcast. And I was just, you know, in that my space was like trying to get black wrestlers into the spotlight or whatever. So when that list came out, uh, immediately I was like, I wonder how many black wrestlers are in it. That's the first thing in my brain is PWI 500's out. I haven't looked at it in a long time. Let's see how many black wrestlers are on here. It's 500 people. There has to be some. I think there was like 36 or maybe 36 maximum. And so I was like, ah, that's kind of weird. And so I tweeted like, hey, you guys, is it kind of weird that there's only 36 wrestlers out of 500? Like, that's a lot of wrestlers. You guys can only find 36 of them. And everybody's like, yeah, that is weird. You're right. Blah, blah, blah. And it just kind of became a little thing. And then somebody was just like, you should make your own list. And I was like, that sounds insane. I could, I don't want to. And then like after five minutes, I was like, well, I do. I mean, I'm like off the top of my head. I probably know a 100 black wrestlers just like off just being in the scene and knowing everything that I knew. I probably know a hundred, maybe I could do a list of a hundred and it just kind of kept snowballing. And then it just, it, I landed at, okay, I think I could get 250 black wrestlers, half the list. I know I could fill up half the list. And so then that just started me like I built that hundred. Like I was like everybody that I know from TV and from the independents, I can get to a hundred. And then I just started scouring the internet, Facebook, Twitter, uh, cage match, anywhere I could find some match listings, try to find these black wrestlers. And it legit only took probably two days. And I got to 250 after reading about the PWI 500. And then that's how the BW 500 started just off the, off of only finding 30 wrestlers in the B, the PWI 500. So I thought I could do my own. So I made half. When does, when does PWI contact you to, cause you, you said it in the, I believe it was like a tweet, like you used it to basically change and influence the PWI 500. And now you're part of like the group that, that picks the 500. So when did they reach out to you and be like, Hey, we like what you've done here. Let's talk. Yeah, they were making uh they were making a change in the well no what happened was is I got linked with the the editor in chief at the moment. I got linked with him just to be like hey somebody was like hey regiment made this list blah blah blah. This is 250 people that potentially could have been on the list. I got linked up with Harry and Harry was like, "Oh, you're right, but I mean, we can't change the list. It's out blah blah blah. Maybe next year something something happened. Nothing happened for a while." They switch over to Kevin. Kevin becomes the editor-in-chief. Then he sends me a DM, and he's just like, hey, you're right. There should be more representation. There should be this. There should everything that you're saying is correct. For the next, the PWI 2020, we want you to come on and do like a little excerpt of, on the thing to be like representation. I made this list to kind of just say my name and what I did off of the last year's list. And then... Uh, I did well with that, and I helped a little bit with uh, with what went on with the list. And then they were just like, well, why don't you just start? Kevin just wanted me to start writing articles, so I just started writing articles uh, for them. And then the next year after that is when I really was like, from, from start, like, who's going to be on this list, what placement, what place it has to do with that. So both the things came with each other. The PWI came out, then it wasn't good enough. I thought, so I made my own. And then off of that, they found me from making the list off of their list and ended up with them. People listening to this should, uh, should really take note when it, as far as just taking things into your own hands, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because like, cause it's, it's, it's undeniable proof when 
you give someone a list of 500 names or even at the time 250 names that you've come up with and it's like tell me only 36 you know what i mean like right only, you're like there's no way it's only 36 when i can give mm-hmm. you this list i mean it might not be all 250 or under 500 but it's gonna be more than 36 you know yes. what i mean so then it gets them at least paying attention exactly. and then it snowballs to what it is now i think that's incredible and and we both know from following the independent scene like uh, black pres- representation has gotten it's gotten a lot bigger over the last few years especially it's been Definitely. i mean the amount of talent out there is just wild. i don't want to toot my own little horn but i mean i, <laughs> I played a little i mean i don't want to want to be should. that guy but i helped a little bit with like you what's going on because like after i put out the 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 response to the bw250 was crazy like people were like going like it was it, it was a lot and so like there was people i got i talked to bookers and promoters that were like i used your list to book talent that's awesome i've heard that from the list and so it's like it's crazy where it moved into and just how much like if that's all i really wanted to 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 be i never really wanted it to be like well we want to know who righteous reg is who's this blah blah no it's always about me being the messenger if you know who don't die miles is if you know who christian robinson is if you know who jocelyn navarro is if you know who those people are that's way more important that's why i say when people are complaining about numbers and shit, it's not a if you're complaining about one through 100 do not talk to me you know who those people are even one through 200 oh who's number 150 that's probably somebody you know probably somebody on tv they don't need it like why wasn't uh Kofi Kingston number one? He's Kofi Kingston. You already know who it is. This list isn't about Kofi Kingston. It really it is about Kofi Kingston because he was the first ever number one. But what I'm saying is it's not about the people that are on TV. It's not about the people that you know. It's about number 350. It's really about 200 through 500. The people you don't know, the people on the come up, the people that need support, the people that need this. It's not about what the people that are on Dynamite are doing because you already know them but people don't really understand so i've thought about before just like what if i just leave everybody off that you know what if i just left every single on tv person off but then the whole thing will just be like well why didn't you include somebody on tv why didn't you include this so it's like it's really it's been a balance (laughs) i think you do it the right way because if you just put out like here's 500 names then like that that's great that helps people recognize but like there is something to attaching the numbers that then it blows up because of that. Cause then people want to argue. Right. It's fine. And then yeah. like, like, like you said, it's not about the numbers, but the numbers does help just create the engagement. It does. And, everything, and that's what it's helps annoying everything. sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but the discourse is super fun. And when a wrestler, when I go to their Twitter bio and it's all number, blah, blah, blah. And the BW 500, that is like, that's amazing. And I'll never, not want to see that so if i have to put numbers for somebody to be like i was numbered blah 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 i want to see that and i love it and it's awesome so that and needs you, to continue as i'm sure you know uh independent wrestlers refer to the uh the day of the pwi 500 dropping and i'm sure they're doing the same with your list as well now that's the national my my booking rate just went up day because <laughs> yeah. that's because that's that's when you, you you send you send the promoters that number and go hey Number 19 right here. Uh, I'm going to need a little bit more money the next time. It's so funny because that's like a thing, too. It's like uh, some vets will be like, oh, your number doesn't matter. Your number doesn't matter. I remember last year 
Ethan Page was doing his vlog and Hornswoggle was on there and somebody they're talking about somebody's number and Hornswoggle was like, well, your number doesn't get you bookings or your number doesn't do this. Or your number does. And Ethan Page stopped and he's like, actually, now it kind of does. Yeah. Like <laughs> things have changed a lot. Like you being high, like Kenny Omega in his intro says I was twice the number one wrestler, one of the best wrestlers in the history of the world. That's one of his accolades. So it's a lot more. It holds a lot more weight than these people try to lead on. Has anybody messaged you and then like, could you not like make me a little bit higher? You know, can, can you not yes. help me out a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people the whole yeah. year. That's mostly <laughs> what my life is about. It's like, I'm like, you know, when you, so, you know, as in our position, when a wrestler DMs you, it's either two things you're like, damn, this is cool. Like I'm going to, I'm interacting with the wrestler or it's like, damn, what did I do? Like, what, yeah. why is this, <laughs> why is this wrestler DMing me right now? I can't like, and for the most part, it's been like, what the fuck? What my number, dude? Why didn't you bubble? And I'm like, it's not. It's, I just want to say it's never personal, ever. It's never, ever, 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 ever personal. Like, you're an amazing wrestler. That's what I was like. It's funny because it's like, you're amazing. Why are you yelling at me about this dumb number? You're one of the best fucking wrestlers there are. But wrestlers, it's they're sensitive, man. See, they're yelling at you because <laughs> the difference between. 90 and 85 is, is you know a couple hundred dollars on to, uh, a promotion <laughs> exactly exactly From now John, i know Jonathan the importance Gresham. of that what's that i said now i know the importance of that yeah like <laughs> hey jonathan gresham i mean i don't know if it's true or not but him citing his number like he was 10 I this mean... year <laughs> he's walking in he's like top 10 pay up give me that belt back <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but I love it. And it's my favorite thing that's been created. My favorite thing that exists in the world is that he uses his number. And I've made him number five on the BW 500 so I can help. So you can be like, I was 10 on this. I was number five on this. Like, what are you guys going to do? Raise my rate. Let's get this money. Yeah, rates going up. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about Grapsody and how mm -hmm. that came about. I know you guys just celebrated your one-year anniversary of basically the idea where yeah. You and you and Will were on a show, and it was, "Hey, let's do something more together." And mm -hmm. then it spun off into this. Yeah, it kind of was just like existing in that that space, being the the list creator guy, and kind of building my name to try to put these wrestlers out here. And then I just kind of find people who I like, like Philip Lindsay was just doing articles, and I was just like, it was really Philip Lindsay and Andrew Thompson, where they were both doing articles. And I was like, damn, I just like these guys. They're black guys too. They're kind of, I relate to them. So it was cool to see those, that type of energy, those type of people in the space. And we just, I kind of built a relationship with them for a while. And it was always like, we have to do something together. Eventually we, I had a podcast, but I stopped doing it because I wanted, I wanted more. I wanted to co-host. I wanted what eventually Gravity was. So it was like, eventually we have to do something. We have to do something. And then Will Washington just kind of, he's been in the space for so long, 17 years, but he just kind of came out of nowhere, it seems, because this feels like I would have been trying to be in something with this guy forever. So he like, Will Washington pops up and he starts having his own podcast and he's just kind of giving up an energy where he wants something new. And so we did the podcast, the infamous line, we should all podcast together, pretty much led to it. It all, it all came down to just like, I saw people that I related to and was happy to see in this space. And it felt like the same for them. We all wanted to, 
I wanted to do it with integrity. I, I had seen the wrestling news cycle was kind of bad. Like right before Fightful started to get uh, like kicked off the wrestling space, I just didn't like how everything was moving. I didn't like how the people reporting were mo- reporting it. I didn't like anything involved in, in it. And I was just like, we need to get into the space, create our own lanes and be able to like push our stories and push our, our brand of, of this. And so that's what happened pretty much. Uh, we got to Grab City. Well, Washington started cooking on the, I don't want to say insider because that sounds crazy, but you know, he started to, to build a name in that, in the space that I wanted to, to, to infiltrate. And uh, Philip Lindsay's always with the articles, Bleacher Report doing all these things. And then I'm over here and doing lists and making music and trying to do all the things that I can to create my little space. So it's all just mutual wanting something better for the space. I, I love what it what it's become. I mean, it it it, got, it was like big so quickly too. It's like it feel like it, it, did. it really took off right right away, which is it was really cool to see. And, and especially with like the time slot of y'all being Saturday afternoons, that that's mm-hmm. really cool too because that's like reminds me of when I was a kid. Like I'd wake up and watch like WCW Worldwide or something like that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like you have Definitely. like your Saturday afternoon wrestling sp- space and. uh so I think it's really cool. Congratulations on all the success with that, man. I mean, just a year in, y'all y'all are killing it. Been killing it since day one. And uh, I know you're like me when it came to like, because me and you, I remember um, it's been a while already, but when me and you did that GCW review a while back. Right. Were, was that like, January, right? Was it on the world of GCW? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was, I think that was the one. And, and I remember talking to you a little bit. We almost went down a rabbit hole because I was like, oh, man, this guy's just like me, like, we were both on like Kazaa and LimeWire, like watching amazing <laughs> red clips and all this stuff. Yeah. I was like, I remember right. those days. So like, it's cool. It's cool to know you kind of came from like being such a big, just such a big fan of wrestling and like the internet wrestling community, even like all the way yeah. back then and stuff to like now really carving a name out for your, yourself in the space, man. It's really cool to see. Thank you so much. It really, that's really what it is. I, I was thinking about that actually a few days ago because I came up during message boards. Like I used to love to browse the CZW fans message board. And one person, Rob Naylor used to be, yeah. used to frequent on those message boards. And he was probably the first person that inspired me to want to, because it was like, you know, when you're growing up, it's like, okay, I want to be a pro wrestler. It feels like the only way you could get in is like, I have to be a pro wrestler. I have to be a referee. I have to be blah, 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 all these things. And when the dream kind of like was done of me being a wrestler, it was like, well, how else can I get into this space? Not just being a commentator or blah, blah, blah. Like, how do I get some other kind of space. And then when I saw Rob Naylor just like was a wrestling fan, uh, just really loved pro wrestling. And he eventually got to FCW and the WWE just off of that, that inspired me to like, well, if I just kind of ramp up what I do, ramp up the things that I like to do and how I could make my name in the space, then I could do it too. And so that's kind of like, that was the beginning of the BW 500. It was like, I always wanted to have something that separated me from everybody else. Cause everybody can write, everybody does news. Now everybody's a damn source with Twitter. Like you don't, you don't like the shit is wide open. So what is different from me? Like what separates me from every single other person that's out here making the name? Well, I do this list. So that like, really, like when I say the BW 500, like I'm miles away from everybody because that's one thing that's just mine. Like 
Everybody else is doing news, scoops, doing whatever, editorials, all the stuff. But if you have one thing that's yours that could separate you away from that, then you're going to get to the top. That's what I like to tell people. I get a lot of people in my DMs like, well, how did you get to the position? What do you It's like you have to do something different. If you don't do anything different, you're just going to get stuck in the pack. We all have podcasts. Jeremy, Steven, we do 20 podcasts a week. Like what's going to be different from your podcast than Jeremy's other five podcasts and my other, you know what I mean? Like it has to be something. You got to do something different or you got to just do something at a very high level and continue to, to do it. Because yes. Consistency may- is super key. Yeah, consistency is the biggest thing. And like you you mentioned, like yeah, anybody can write news, everybody can write news. And it's like, okay, but Andrew Thompson, I will always credit him. Like there's a difference between the way Andrew Thompson does news and grinds on news and covers yep. the news compared to literally everyone else out exactly. there. Exactly. And and that is that is also a big thing. Yeah, having consistency with stuff because you're right. Everyone can have a podcast, but are you doing it weekly? Are you doing it yep. daily? What What are mm-hmm. you doing with the podcast to separate yourself? Is, is it just list? a review, a raw review podcast? Is it just right. this? Like, there's so everyone many different <laughs> factors. Everyone right. really does that. <laughs> <laughs> that was important too. I was like, Phil and I talk about that. Like, if we have to be a raw and SmackDown and NXT review podcast, we're out. Our podcast yeah. has to be different because everyone's doing that what are we going to really do to be different we have to bring some kind of other thing to it dude that was that's what that's what saved me man 100 was like i took a hard turn into the indies a few years back i was like mm. i i was like there's hardly anybody like on on like a, a fightful platform or like any big platform that's like going to like southern underground pro shows in Nashville. right like i was going to go and just start talking to wrestlers and see if they want the interviews mm-hmm. you know what i mean like and so I think that's really good advice. Do something different. Just something, yep. something different. And because if you're good at something, that's that's obviously there's value to that. But then you have to be better than all the other people that are also good at that. That's like, exactly you, you what got, it you is. Be original, you know. <laughs> like you're good, but you also you like it's as a rapper. Like that's the hardest thing that I experience because it's like I'm not on the super upper echelon of great rappers. But like the space that I'm in, there's so many rappers in that space. It's like you got to be better than this 1,000 that are on this space to get to the next level to try to be as good as those 1,000 that are at this space. So it's a lot of constant work, constantly just trying to the, – the good thing is about it is I've gotten to a space where everything is fun. Like anytime I'm like working on wrestling, I'm having the best time. So it's, it's, it's a good space to exist in. How did the AEW music and now AEW video game being featured yeah. in that with your music? How did that all that come about? Congratulations uh, on that, by the way, man. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just Gravity, pretty much. It's just like <laughs> doing that podcast and um, talking to people and seeing how many people in AEW and around it kind of enjoy our what we do us going to the media scrums and just like being ourselves, like the scrum talk and all that is so funny because people, people that have never been in there have thoughts and what they would have did and what they would do. But it's like, if you're in there, it's a different space, but I've never, if for one, not was not righteous red. I wasn't trying to, I wasn't doing anything. I went in there to be myself. I knew what questions I was going to ask. I knew how to create my own space again. Like how do you separate yourself from all these other people? And so I think just 
us being having integrity on our podcast and being about just really about the pro wrestling and having fun when the who we are project was proposed uh at the end of last year we just kind of felt like the people i don't want to say the go-to people but some people that you know were immediately in their mind because i had already existed in the music space will washington also existed in the music space done a lot of producing and will washington has made a lot of connections networked a lot of connections and he kind of got us into that so doing the who we are album we uh we did a lot of work for it we did will Will did a couple of songs. I did a couple of songs. I worked on a song for Jade Cargill. I worked on the song for my big homie Powerhouse Hobbs. And so I think that just kind of led to everything else. That led to me getting Ruckus hitting me up a few days before Double or Nothing to be like, hey, do you want to do another one? Yeah, I'm ready. Uh, Paige Van Sant needs a song for this weekend. Oh, really? That's crazy. Okay, I got you. And so then get that to him. That unfortunately give Paige Van Sant a damn match, you guys. What's going on here? I can never <laughs> right. hear this song. I've only heard the song one time because she's out doing whatever she's doing. Yeah, bare knuckle so, yeah, fighting. I, just, like, yeah. I know, I know. Could she have her song out there? Help my brother out. That's all I'm saying. And so I guess think that led to you know you build uh, relationships, network. Ruckus hit me up one day and's like, hey, we got the the video game coming, and I'm like cool that's great can you send me a copy and he's all hey would you want no what happened was is he said what's your best song and i was like i don't you know i don't if that could be if ruckus is saying that it could be for anything in the world he's like hey what's your best song i'm like probably brick bone that's like the i written i wrote that song this year it's just like everything about that song is a song here's a song he's like oh cool we're gonna put your it led to hey that song's gonna be in the video game how do you be about feel about that and i'm like what what do you mean that's what i i can't talk i can't form together words to say yes but yes please 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 and so that's been you know video games take a while that's been in the running for a while i didn't even know when they were going to release any information if they were going to just release the soundtrack uh with the names or whatever i didn't know anything i didn't know this video was going to come out last saturday to be like hey righteous righteous song is in there so that was a big shock and a big deal and i'm super excited it still hasn't really hit me because like i haven't played it yet but it's uh it's something i never knew that I, that 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 could happen everything that's cool that's happened to me is something that i never knew that could happen i never knew that i would be able to interview the wwe two times the black there's been four black WWE champions and to be enter be able to interview two of them while they're WWE champions for a magazine. I got the cover story with Biggie while he was the WWE champion. That's something I could have never in my life even like when I was 13, like, hey, when when you're this age, you're going to interview the WWE champion and it's going to be the cover story of this magazine and you're going to be a writer. All of that. I'd be like, what, dude, what are you saying? Why are you saying these words to me? You're being weird. So, so like every time that happens, I it's it's even more shocking because I never even imagined it. It's like, it's so cool. I'm just, I'm happy to be here. Man, that's awesome. When, when, uh, when, when you're doing the music, like for, for wrestler entrances, um, mm -hmm. I'd imagine, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd imagine when someone, maybe like Hobbs, maybe have kind of like an idea going into it of kind of where you want to go. Cause like you're, you followed his career, you, you know what he's about, you kind right. of have an idea, but then you know, you get hit up and they're like, Hey, 
uh, Paige Van Zandt. You know, she's got an MMA background. She's never wrestled a match before. What kind of direction do they give you as far as like what they want her music to even sound like? And how do you even put that together? Yeah, they usually kind of just like send out, there's like a list of like, here's kind of the music that she's influenced by. Here's what I think the, tr I think the track should sound like. And here's some bullet points. Like luckily in the page, Paige Van Sant wasn't super out of the realm because I watch MMA and I'm pretty sure. familiar with the things that she did. So it was just mostly like, well, what are the other things? Like, what what does she, what is the person, not even her, what is anybody, what do they want the fans to know about them in this little moment of music, in this little, what's some important points? Like, oh, she's a bare knuckle boxer and she's does this and blah, blah, blah. So it's just kind of like figuring out which points you want to hit and then figuring out how you want to hit them. Gotcha. It's, yeah, it's all fun. So it's not, it's not, it's like you're getting paid to have fun. It's like, how do you make this fun? And that's where you land. Are you a playable character in the game? Have you have you negotiated that? <laughs> oh, dude, Fred Durst negotiated that back in the day, and that's still I'm one saying. of like, the most OP moves that anyone's ever made. This, so. this is what I'm saying, Reg. I'm looking out for you, man. I'm I'm trying. I'm gonna get you in the game. I don't know why that one got me good. That's hilarious. I wish so much I was a playable character, man. That's so funny we still like a, a question that people have when's the release date no idea no one has any idea i i've been told 20 different release dates i don't know i cannot help you i hope it's soon we all hope it's soon it's coming one day i think the the week is uh february of next year okay. is what the mm -hmm. with the big leak side this is not me reporting anything yeah, this no. is yeah what what the the leakers are, are saying okay these. good you know what i've popped will today i've popped you today me and phil Definitely. are going back and forth with uh jay-z lyrics on twitter i'm, mm -hmm. I'm having fun with the craft city guys because i do uh, you guys are the best you guys are, are fantastic i do have beef with you though i like to start oh. beef on these shows Ooh. usually i don't start it i usually mm -hmm. try to curate it between other people typically i would ask you like could you beat up will and phil? oh okay like yeah mm -hmm. but I have I have beef with you because I've, I've told this story off air. Andrew Thompson, our friend, mm -hmm. uh, we, we were we were close. We're still close. And he I learned of you through Andrew. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Reg seems really cool. He seems like seems, seems like we get along well. He seems great. I was like and he's always put me over or he's always putting you over to me. Uh, back, mm -hmm. This is back in the day. This is like 2019, 2020. He's like, he was mm -hmm. putting you over to me. I was like. I've seen Reg. I've seen his list and everything. Like he seems cool. And I followed you and it took you forever to follow me back. And I was so mad about this because I was like, I want the love and affection of righteous Reg. Cause you always seem so cool. And I would, uh, I would yeah. like try to, I would like try to message you and like banter about with you. I was like, I won't Reg, follow me. This would keep oh, you me up at night, him for the fall. You were baiting him for the fall. Oh, this is keeping me up at night. I'm uh, I'm slow with the follow, man. There's some people like most of the time I go on a page. I'm like, how am I not following this person that I've been following for three years at this point? It just happens like that. It's always an accident. It's always love. I appreciate every single. No, I was gonna say I appreciate every single person on Twitter, but that's a fucking lie. There's a lot of weirdos <laughs> and people that I do not appreciate on there. Jeez, Louise, it's scary, man. 
it is very scary. You don't want too many followers. I told Phil that a long time ago. Like, you nah, told all like, of us that. I remember I that, Jeremy. And I hold it. I hold it in all. I every time my follower goes up, I think of like, damn, Jeremy told us we do not want this, and it nah. rings true every single time. Like it's just too much. Because sometimes I just want to get a dumb tweet off. I'm like, Madcast Pat Moss sucks. It's like I don't mean I don't. I don't. I there's not a wrestler in the world that I want to fail. Oh. Anytime that I'm like bearing somebody it's all in fun i want everybody to get money i don't want anybody to be injured i don't want any of that so let me get my damn jokes off sometimes people jeez louise no i'm just Ooh. kidding Matt cat moss is awful <laughs> what'd you get in trouble for on twitter like last week you said something and oh was it the chair thing people, oh yeah yeah people were really <laughs> mad about that this. Well, well, what, what happened here? <laughs> no because i said <laughs> we were talking about the fight thing and sure. i was uh yeah. if you because everybody was like, that's a felony. That's an assault. And I'm like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I did see this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I saw what you can, were comparing it to like what actual problems are. Yeah. See, and you. then <laughs> and because I have a bigger follower account, I have to like sit back and analyze and be like, maybe I should, you know, I have to reel some things back. So yeah, that's back. that's the worst. Is you I don't want to really back, Jeremy. I want right. to keep getting this shit off. I know. You, you want to keep like the troll tweets and the fun treats tweets going because that's that's the demographic you're appealing to who exactly. were on the come up with you like that's right. what you got right. you the attention and stuff in the first place but now you got the casuals and the casuals are just gonna blow everything up the casuals the man it's the ones Fuck that have been following casuals, you for man. three weeks and they're like i didn't know you were like that but like dude i come <laughs> on man i need the ones that my a1 since day one but yeah it's the casuals as always coming in a ruined pro wrestling all the time trying to be the focus casual casual casuals just coming and getting their little thing even though we're here hardcore every single day of our lives busting our ass y'all ain't watching stuff on iwtv and no tv every week like no. Reggie jensen get the fuck exactly out of there. damn casuals i hate that even wwe i'm like you guys never reward me you guys stay talking about casuals i was here in 2013 i was here watching the nexus and all this bullshit rico costantine i was like reward me for being here why are you always trying to reward the casuals <laughs> yeah it's annoying yeah man they need to do something i've said this forever <laughs> wwe shop I it appalls me they don't have a reward system. It oh, appalls dude, me. all really? the money over yeah. the years that I had spent on mm -hmm. that site, where I'm like, yeah. I'm not getting any sort of perk for like, like one free T-shirt every you know, three hundred dollars I spent on this site. Like, come on. Or dude, I had the I had the network from day one until they right. went to Peacock, and they yeah. didn't. I didn't get a reward for paying every month. I didn't get nothing. They didn't no. get a free nothing. They don't care. They but if Only you were time. a new subscriber, new subscriber, yeah. here's all the things. Here's all the perks. Perks. Have fun only time they did anything for me was when i canceled the subscription to the network i got mad at something i canceled it and then they sent me an email immediately that was like don't you want to stay for one free month at least and i was like yeah so I the, yeah they're working like damn cell phone companies it's terrible right. out here jeez Louise. uh reg last one i'll get you out of here what's the coolest thing in your room <clears throat> i don't know i have like uh the check the coolest thing that's happened this year is I got a check that says all elite wrestling and like one of my, my life shill, goals like Reg. to have I'm a check. I have a check. Uh, I'm shilling all the way, baby. <laughs> no, I have awesome. a check from a, a wrestling company with the name, all of that. That's like, 
that's cool, man. Like little kid me would be like, wow, man, you did it. I mean, even though like it's not a forever check, it's not, I don't get checks all the time. And that's what I tell people when they're like, you guys are AEW shows. If I was, I would show every single check. Every time I got a check of them, I would open it on Grapsity and show it to the camera if that's what how it was. These people don't get it. Yeah, probably that definitely just because like I worked very hard to get that. <laughs> that's what people you, think like this journey like just started now this is 30 years of being a wrestling fan turned into these things that you guys see i worked hard for all this shit black wrestling's 500 came from my brain knowing and finding and now it's like when it started I, it was hard to find 250 people now there's at minimum 1000 black wrestlers around the world that are filtered and 1000 of them have passed through my brain so <laughs> i wouldn't people wish it on not. anybody else <laughs> <laughs> people do not see the actual grind of years and years because they just see you when you get somewhere and then it's like oh exactly well, how'd he get here had to be and over as, as carolina panthers head coach genius matt rule says he became an overnight sensation after seven years. Is that exactly? It's how it works. It was a lot of which which night. It's a lot of overnights, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was an overnight sensation, like uh, five hundred and fifty of them. I don't know, a lot of <laughs> nights, dude. So it's it's all, all right, about real. being it's all about being prepared when the when the moment comes up. Like you have like the moments, uh, like your moments eventually going to come. That's like anyone yeah. listening here. Like, mm-hmm. but if you're not prepared for that moment, it means nothing. Like yep. you have to be putting the work in. You got to have something to show for when that when that moment comes, and then it's exactly. like, boom! Now, now all of a sudden, it feels like, wait, where did this person come from? It's like, well, you didn't see all, you didn't see all, or listen to all the podcasts for all the years that no one else was paying attention mm-hmm. to, and all the articles that nobody was reading, and just yep. grinding and grinding, and, and, and all the tweet that no one, so no one interacting with, that no one cared about. Now they care about <laughs> every tweet. They they weren't exactly. with you shooting in the gym, Reg. They were not exactly. with you shooting in the gym. Not with me shooting in the gym. But they in the arena now. So let's all celebrate and let's not hate each other, you guys. That's it. That's where we're gonna end up at. There you go. Actually, I do have two more comments. One, you should use the AEW check as a bit and just show it, hold it up every time. Like, yep, page show. Like, you actually have an AEW check. Like, you could do this bit. Uh, and real, real last question. Has CM Punk reached out for you, right? Reached out to you for like just advice. He's going through a tough time right now. You got to this man emotionally. Oh so my as he reached out, God. just be like, Reg, I need I need some advice right now. Like, what can I do? Well, Jeremy, what you know, uh, as anybody that follows me on Twitter knows about me, my favorite tag team of all time, the greatest tag team of all time, the reason that all elite wrestling exists are the Young Bucks. So I don't okay. think he would come to me for advice well, you about could what to Because as soon as he right? calls, I'm going to be like, what did you do? <laughs> I heard what you did to Matt Jackson, punk. You're not getting my advice, you little silly boy. <laughs> I love it. I love the bias because I'm right there with you. Young exactly. Bucks, man. He's yeah. the reason you're here, Philip Brooks. There would be no this if it wasn't for them. How are you fighting them? That's it. So I don't know. <laughs> Reg, thank you. Let everybody know where they can find you at. Of course, Jeremy said it a couple of times. Gravity every Saturday morning. It's 9 a.m. for me over here on the West Coast. It's noon for normal people in the world. Um, at Righteous Reg on all of your social medias. Go on there to see the Black Wrestling's 500. Get the newest edition of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500 2022 edition. 
Roman Reigns is on the cover. Yeah, whatever. Everybody's so excited. Cool. Great. He's going to have that belt for 700 more years. We're all excited. No, seriously, get the magazine. It's super cool. The one should be on newsstands. I wish I had the newsstand date, but you'll be able to get it on newsstands very soon. But if you can get the digital edition right now, PWI online, go get it. Thank you, Reg. We appreciate it. Everyone check out Grapsody right here, youtube.com slash Fightful. Righteousreg.bandcamp.com too. How could I forget? Come on, you guys. Righteousreg.bandcamp.com. Yeah. Go to go to Righteousreg on Twitter and, and support the tweets that are about his work and stuff. Do not yell at him when he wants to get, get his shit off. If right, I want to talk about how shitty WWE house shows are, let me. Yeah. Yes. Just let him. <laughs> Someone right. needs to say it. Yeah. Grapsody, noon Eastern. Uh, nine nine on the West Coast Saturdays here on YouTube.com slash Fightful. Reg, thank you again. Uh, we appreciate it. Guys, we'll be right back here on the spot. We are back. Thank you again to Righteous Reg. Appreciate him. Appreciate all the hard work he does with the BW500, PWI500, everything he does on Grapsody. RighteousReg.Bandcamp.com. Check out his music. Support the great man, the media man, the man who made CM Punk cry. Support Righteous Reg. Guys, that's going to do it for this episode of The Spotlight. Steven Jensen and I will be back next week talking all the cool things happening in wrestling, or maybe the not cool things, the things that just interest us, good, bad, ugly, in AEW, WWE, other indies. And we'll have somebody in the creator spotlight. We're looking at uh, Joe Lando, I believe, for next week. So check that out. Check out uh, Jensen's past interview with Joe Lando. Check out his work. He's a... wrestled in the UK, wrestled on some recent uh, GCW shows, some recent just independent uh, shows in America. So we're hoping to talk to Joe Lando next week. If not, we'll have somebody else on, but it won't be Cassidy Haynes. He will be bumped forever, forever and ever. Guys, thank you again for all the support here on Fightful.com, here on the Spotlight. Go to Fightful Select, subscribe. Sean Rossap said that Soraya was in negotiations with AEW over the summer which her contract ended with WWE in July. That puts a timeline on when the negotiations were. And she showed up last night. So maybe Sean Rossap knows what he's talking about. Check out Day After Dynamite at 3 o'clock here on this channel, youtube.com slash Fightful. Check out Fightful Overbooked, where we're always doing content over there. Uh, we have a new episode this upcoming week of Tag Talk with Kaylee and Hailey. Kaylee and Hailey. Uh, Kay- Kylie and Haley. Let me get their names right. That is Sundays at five o'clock. We have Joel and Tim call it in the ring, or Tim and Joel call it in the ring. That is Sundays at noon o'clock. Um, episode of Strong Style, Joshi, Joshi Dreamcast, New Japan Bread Club, FMC. If you like non wrestling stuff with myself and SP3, Newsworthy, where we talk about news that maybe we don't talk about on this show, or news that maybe you, you didn't quite catch during the week because you were too busy too busy talking about kenny omega and the young bucks and white rabbits and cm punk and all the the more important news and not things like kara hogan's favorite rapper stuff like that that's what we talk about on that show guys thank you again for all the support for all the love for all the affection we'll be back next week bye everyone Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. 
Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.